Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 2, Episode 20. The summer's well underway, and we're uh, we're doing a couple weeks of blockbuster bombs for you. So we're about to let loose the Kraken with Clash of the Titans from 2010, directed by Louis Leterrier. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor, don't mads my Mickelson McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Brother, it is time for the mortals to pay. My child waits to do your will. Leave us. Release the Kraken! I workshopped that one for like an hour or two. I was like, I don't know, do I want to do... I was going to do something like, there's God in me and I'm calling the police. That sounds like a Duran Duran song. Don't Mads my Mickelson? Don't Mads my Mickelson. <laughs> okay, everyone. Um, Spoilers. I unabashedly love this movie and I am wearing the t-shirt for this movie right now that I got from a box of promotional materials when I worked at Marquee Cinemas in Toms River, New Jersey. And it's complete with sun damage and a stretch collar and a hole in the side. Um, that's how this film left me. Yeah. With a stretch out collar, sun damage, and a hole in the side. <laughs> Took the fucking words right out of my mouth, Joe. <laughs> that being said, there's gonna be a lot of, uh, of, of flaws that you two pick apart that I'm gonna n- sh- nod my head and go, uh-huh, yeah. So let me just get this out of the way real quick i am a huge 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 fan of the original clash of the titans from 1981 i just want to school you on that real quick i remember the first time i encountered this film was in a hotel room and i me and my family are on vacation or my family and i were on vacation i say that like i took them on vacation i'm like fucking three years old (laughs) (laughs) come on dad come on mom (laughs) yeah come on i'm taking you to fucking disneyland thanks joe you kids go have fun i'm gonna watch a movie (laughs) <laughs> no problem. Put it on my tab, my baby tab. So yeah, we're in a we're in a hotel room and it's late and I guess I had I had woken up. My mother was asleep. I was awake, and I heard I heard the television on. And my my old man wasn't in bed. And at that time, you know, you're you're little baby. I don't know how many of you um slept with your parents like in the bed, but that was a thing. So I go out to the um to the living room or whatever, whatever what have you. And on you know it's this little Panasonic tube television on like this little stand. And my old man sitting in front of it in like this shitty like. Recline, like hotel recliner and uh i just remember like climbing up on his lap and it just being completely dark and just being absolutely captivated by you know this little television and 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 the ray harry house and stop motion effects and it just fucking blew my mind uh as a kid and that's like I, that's one of my earliest uh memories and i i think that really has a lot to do with just how it shaped my life, basically, is, is what I'm trying to say, you know, like, in, in the path that I chose. Oh, yeah. No, and I, I I was a child of this movie, Jason and the Argonauts. Mm-hmm. I believe one of the earlier, uh, like, Adventures of Sinbad kind of movies. Um, and if I caught, like, because my mom was kind of a Turner Classic movie mom. Like, she always had that channel on. Oh, yeah. Or AMC. And granted, it was a lot of, like, black and white talkies that she watched, which would just, like, drain my interest as a child. 
Um, but if she left it on and all of a sudden I walk by and I see some of that stop motion, I stopped in my tracks and sat down because there's a good chance you could catch something like this oh, yeah. on TV. And it, yeah, it, it was very, uh, it informed my taste a lot because I got a sudden taste for sword and sandal fantasy movies, big fucking monsters, mm-hmm. man, gods, all kinds of things. It's probably why I love Dark Souls so much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I second that. All of that. Dark Souls fucking watching on a tube tv i you know i don't have any kind of memory like that like joe just described but uh definitely like a movie i would watch with my dad as a kid and you know barely remember that but i do have a fond memory of watching this with joe about 10 years ago (laughs) do you really oh yeah in in my parents basement we uh you know for the two people out there that get this reference we did a small uh mini series featuring uh the gorgon medusa herself oh we did yeah (laughs) um I really like the original, and I think that's why this movie irks me. I was going to come right out of the gate with it and say that if you have a fond memory of the original one and you find this off-putting, you're completely validated in those emotions because I feel like if you had titled this The Gorgon's Head and just, you know, <laughs> well, went off. No, I mean, no, I'm being serious. No, like, if you tried sure. veering off and didn't use the title of the original one as some kind of, like, you know, built-in goodwill springboard. Yeah, like, I don't think people would be so, like, eh. Yeah. That's the nature of remakes. Yeah. I really don't want this episode to become, you know, me sitting here going, well, the original's better because blah, blah, blah. And I made a point to not do that. Like, I watched the, I watched the original right before I watched the remake, because I haven't seen this since it came out in theaters. And I, I remember being, like, really disappointed with it. Um, I watched it today, and I watched the original right before it, like I said. And I gave it the honest shake. I gave it the honest shake. So I will tell you the things I don't like, things I do like. Um, but flat out, I don't hate this movie. Let's just put, I just want to be clear on that. Good, good. <laughs> I want to save a lot of that for uh, when we get towards the end, because I feel like there's a bit more to chew in there. But I do want to pivot into uh, some trivia regarding... Uh, the myths that are made up in this movie and the original one, um, and some of the people who made this movie, and I think we should start with the fucking director. <laughs> oh my god. Woo! I was looking at the fucking movies this guy directed and my head was just spinning. You guys are dropping this on me before, before we got into this, um... So I've been anxiously awaiting. I wasn't allowed to look at IMDb, <laughs> so lay it on me, please. I am ready. I'm so glad you didn't. Do we get a drum roll? Put a f- Somebody do a drum roll. I'll drop the first two on you, and then Connor can take it from there. I have a feeling you're going to drop one or, or something else, because there's only there's a few things you can you can throw at him here. We, we can kind of trade this off yeah. back and forth. That'll make it interesting. This is, you know, this, you know, this show's about movies, making fun of movies, talking about how we love movies. So here's some movies this guy directed uh starting off with the first two transporter movies oh god not bad i remember seeing the first transporter movie and hating it yeah i think it's pretty good i like that whole mansion fucking attack scene's pretty good maybe she won't be coming around after all I've never seen any of them. Uh, the second one is just like, you know, the first one was already off the fucking walls. You know, the second one we might have to do for this show down the line, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But at one point, Jason Statham drives a fucking car, like, off a crane, flips the car, and, like, knocks a bomb <laughs> off of something. Off the bottom of his car. <laughs> so that's the thing. Yeah, let me just make this minor adjustment midair. <laughs> Pink! 
Yeah, exactly. Um, this next one, Connor, it's a big one. I'll take this one because it's it's important to it's 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 storied considering where the franchise is now. He directed The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Oh, did he? Yeah. I don't hate that movie. I like to refresh and refer to the Kraken in this movie as the Incredible Kraken because it's a fucking beefed up shit house that looks like it looks like Hulk two on nine nine. It does, doesn't it? I was trying to put my finger on it, and I'm like, this looks like fucking Doomsday, fuck the Hulk, and then was eaten by fucking Tremor from Spawn. There's a lot about the Kraken, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of weird similarities between how the Hulk is designed from a CGI and, like, movement perspective and how the Kraken design, in that, like, the Hulk in that movie is fucking shredded. Yeah, he is. He's got muscles on muscles on muscles on muscles on muscles, and, like, he's got this, like, every part of him is cut and finely detailed, and I kind of liked it, and the Mark Ruffalo one is, like, this happy medium between that and the green balloon from the Eric Bana movie? Sure. Um, I don't know. I think I think the Incredible Hulk's fine. Yeah. It's it's good. It's fine. It's just, you know, you, it, it came out right after Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, and Marvel's not allowed to reference it because Universal technically owns the solo rights to the Hulk still. It, just wait, motherfucker. They'll get bought out too. <laughs> this final one, at least to me, I don't know if you had another one before this, Connor, but uh, this one particularly caught my eye. He is the director of the Dark Crystal reboot. Is he really? Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, director of every episode. Really? Well, yeah. it looks dope. Um, I'm really excited for it. And uh, again, like, I really don't have anything against him as a director. Well, we'll get into it, but like, that's okay with me. I just found it to be like kind of an interesting spread. Yeah, it's very weird. Now, I'll go with the writers real quick. I watched an interview with this guy just regarding this film in particular, which I think is how he gets most of his films. He was just like, yeah, somebody came up to me and was like, hey, remember that movie? And he's like, yup. And he's like, oh, you want to direct it? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, I guess. I used to watch it on VHS <laughs> when I was a kid. I guess. I'll go back and watch it and be like, eh, uh, all right, well, I'm going to do that, but different. Okay, bye. He has the power of being super agreeable. Yes. My brain just fucking hurts from that knowledge. I know, but like, and that sentiment has me a little worried about Dark Crystal, but I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, the Dark Crystal Netflix series looks fucking cool. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, and Brian Henson's kind of overseen it. I'm also sure that, like, he was working inside of a box. Oh, yeah. So any, any like, out there decision he was probably going to make, someone was like, yeah, no. I'm also kind of skeptical of Brian Henson after fucking the Happy Time murders, but we'll talk about that in another time. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. You were starting to talk about the writers, Connor, and that, these are the people that I actually want to, you know, walk up to and slap the shit out of. Ooh, may, oh, yeah, because I think these two were aliens. Um, So one of them wrote the first two Pacific Rim movies, and the other one wrote uh, The Invitation, which is a good fucking movie. Um, but then he, uh, he really doubles down with R.I.P.D. and Aeon Flux. Oh. <laughs> you fucking double dipping in the shit tank. I mean, Pacific Rim 1 was good. I did not see the second one. The second one sucks. But holy cow. R.I.P.D. and Aeon Flux. That is a fucking, that, that is a nail in the coffin. Don't tense up. I'm Jeff Bridges <laughs> doing Yeehaw Cowboy Impression. Aeon Flux is the only movie I've ever walked out on. Fucking pass, dude. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen it. I'm good. I saw Ultraviolet in theaters, and I think that was like, you know, I'm going to... Oh, excuse me, I'm thinking of Ultraviolet. Oh. <laughs> Fucking riding a motorcycle on the side of a freaking skyscraper. <laughs> Ultra was fucking terrible, so I think we should pivot to the cast, which is ludicrous. It's fucking star-studded, man. There are people in this movie who are big deals now who say three things and are never seen again. But it makes sense because it's like, okay, 
Okay, for those of you who haven't seen Clash of the Titans, like the original Clash of the Titans, or know what the fuck it is, crawl out from whatever fucking rock you've been under <laughs> and watch the movie. It's a classic. It's it's a classic fantasy epic. Yes. Okay? It is literally this sword and sandal movie to watch. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's tunics, curly hair, and sandals all over the place. Yeah. Harry Hamlin being a handsome motherfucker. You got Burgess Meredith fucking squawking around. Oh, my God. I was missing him in this movie. Oh, well, he's replaced with somebody else. We'll get to that. Yeah, so we got uh, we got Sam Worthington, who has, for some reason... Um, I don't, how are we stuck with Sam Worthington? I don't know how this happened. Like, just because Avatar made so much money? Terminator Salvation, baby. I don't know what happened, man. This guy came out of left field. Here's the thing. He had Avatar, this, and Terminator Salvation seemingly kind of in a triple, like, in basically, like, three consecutive with some moderate time apart, like, uh, big budget releases, like, back to back to back. Like, people, someone in Hollywood was very confident in him and just gave him the ball for a summer. I mean, he's basically set for life if he was the fucking main guy in Avatar either way. Yeah, exactly. So the first time I saw Sam Worthington was in uh, Rogue. Yup. I thought that's where you're going with it. Yeah, it's Greg McLean's sophomore effort, right? So his first, Greg McLean's first, now this is Australian filmmaker, okay? His first film was Wolf Creek, which is fucking great. Oh, shit. Yeah, um, and then he followed it up with Rogue. Um, which is a giant crocodile movie, and if you haven't fucking seen that, do yourself a favor. Remember when Dimension was just, like, putting horror movies out on DVD, like, direct-to-DVD? Yeah. And they called them, like, I don't know, Dimension... uh, It says something, like, horror... It was, like, a horror thing that they were doing. Anyway, that film was fuck is fucking great definitely check it out but that's the first time i saw sam worthington and he plays like some this like douchebag ex-boyfriend character anyway it's a great it's a great killer croc movie oh yeah that's where i saw and that's where james cameron allegedly saw him and was like you should get that guy for next terminator movie and they're like okay james everything you say is is a-okay yeah i don't watch that movie and be like yeah sam worthington's the next fucking bruce willis like i don't i just don't see it yeah neither do i because he's just like he's just a square jaw white dude with a buzz haircut and he's just looking i don't know he has like some cool physical attributes but then when you hear him scream you're like you just step on a nail he's kind of boring right yeah and he got, he likes to go eh. <laughs> yes that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> eh, eh. he comes across as like a pretty imposing guy but he's just so bland he's kind of funny in how bland he is yeah it will well, yeah it'll get it'll get brought up but down the line we got sam worthington liam neeson ray fine jason fleming jim arterton alexa davalos uh, Mads Mikkelsen, Luke Evans, um, Liam Cunningham, uh, there's people I'm missing because the list hasn't loaded yet, but there's more. Danny Houston. Pete Postlewaite is in this. Pete Postlewaite stops by to say hello. Yeah. The fucking hound's in this. <laughs> he is. There's, there's a few Game of Thrones people. You, you said Liam Cunningham. Yeah, Davos Seaworthy and, uh, Nicholas Holt, who is Beast in the new X-Men movies, and Nux from Fury Road. But, uh, yeah, this movie's got a lot of people in it who just kind of stand around to be like, I played a god once. Yeah. This is also... Also, like a UK Australian kind of made flick that was distributed in the US. So it has that Eurovision feel. Like the Luke Besson movies? Kinda. And then it's all directed by a Frenchman. So where are we going with all this? <laughs> well, that's the cast and crew. We figured we should get her out and get this, this star-studdedness out of the way. I think where we're going is that this should have been a better fucking movie is where is where we're going. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> <laughs> because what the fuck? The guy that likes it's even agreeing. And this is coming from the guy with the shirt. Yeah, the guy with the fucking shirt just said that. So the plot crunch, Um, it's much like the original one. It's kind of an amalgam eh. of a bunch of different... Different Greek myths. Eh. Kind of, well, <laughs> I, 
The original one is an amalgam of Greek myths because Andromeda is actually the star of her own story and she gets shoehorned into this one. Oh, I totally understand that. But yeah. um, as far as storytelling goes, this one's very kind of like, yeah, whatever, here's some shit. This is a, uh, let's briskly move from thing to thing um, and people will teleport. Yeah. And when they aren't, they're they're uh, riding large animals and the way people describe events and how they react to things and how story developments happen is comical. And we're just going to throw some fucking Middle Eastern mythology in there for uh, good measure out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, hey, I like that thing. Let's put it in our Greek movie. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Here you go. Let's team up. Yeah, the Piccolos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to name him until we got there because I got a whole fucking spiel. Oh, man. So the plot of this movie is that uh, man is very pissed off with the uh, ancient Greek pantheon. They're like, what have you ever done for us? Everything. Besides grant us existence. Yeah. <laughs> you stupid yuppies. See, I'm okay with that. So that's like the flip-flop for this, right? Like, in the first one, it's, it, it's kind of the same... But not... Yeah. It all comes down to, uh, basically, as the city of Argos is going to be made an example of. Yeah. They're going to sacrifice the Princess Andromeda to the Kraken in a uh, set time limit. Is it 10 days in the original one? Yeah. I think that's all I think that's all the same, but it's just told better. Here's the, the blanket statement I'll make regarding that. If the original one is a fine painting, then this is the fine painting translated into pro wrestling. Oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> No, this is the fine painting with fucking Michael Bay putting his extra coat on top of it. He's like, yeah, slice a bus in half. Yeah! Scorpinox! We need Scorpinox over here! <laughs> How the fuck? Now, you'd think, right, logically, that a stop-motion animation fight scene would be less engaging than a, a full blowout CGI fest. You would think. You would think that. But literally every fucking, every stop motion scene from the original film has more weight than any of the CGI fights in this, like, at all. Oh, yeah. I'm going to argue some of that, but I'm also going to agree with some of that. But there, there's parts of it where I'm like, that's not a thing you're engaging with. And there's other parts where I feel like they actually incorporated uh, practical and CGI very well. I kind of want to just jump into this because I, I just, I, I have a question for Joe because I haven't seen the original in years so this movie opens with this fucking coffin going in, like floating in the ocean. Well, first it opens with the voiceover. Oh yeah, I forgot about. It. Excuse me, I can't forget that. Yeah, Gemma Arterton as Io narrates the opening. She's like, "Once they were titans, and now they're not." Hello, Nanny Salad Fingers. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say it once, but this woman's beauty is absolutely captivating. Thank you, because I think Gemma Arterton is one of the most beautiful women who have ever lived. Easily, she's unbelievable. Um, and I think. That I don't think anyone's found a proper thing to do with her yet. Unfortunately, she does not need to be here at all. No. <laughs> she just is like, hey, I'm here in this scene. Hello. I'm immortal, kind of. Who am I? I don't know. She's Io. She's very much like Lois Lane in uh, BVS, where her, her superpower is exposition. Hey, man, she threw that fucking whatever the fuck that one time. That string with a blade on it. She Yeah, she does have, she's infinitely more useful than Lois Lane. She ends up being like the Burgess Meredith character. In this version. Oh, God, you're right. Uh, yeah, she is, but, like, at the same time, it's like, who the fuck is this woman? Why do I give a shit? No one's really getting a, it gets a lot of, like, backstory or development. And that's kind of my problem, because we don't really grow with anybody. We're just like, hi, I'm here. You Do you like me yet? Okay, bye. I've got plenty of jokes about Perseus. <laughs> <laughs> so we start the movie, and uh, Io basically gives us a very abridged version of uh, the. She's like, 
They were titans once. We're not going to go into that, because uh, right now, people are mad at the gods. Oh, and there's a Kraken. Well, yeah, they make a point about saying how, oh, you know, the titans were the parents of Zeus, Hades, and Poseidon. Yeah. And they kind of, like, turned on them. And, you know, in the process, like, you know, Zeus became the, the king of the heavens and then, you know, Poseidon of the sea. And then, oh, they betrayed Hades, quote unquote, and they made him the king of the underworld and he's pissed about it. And like, that's a whole story in itself, right? I think. Yeah, that, I think I think it's a problem with Greek mythology where if you tell someone like, so there's this guy named Theseus and well, no, don't ask questions. Of that. I got to get to the Minotaur. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Basically, Hades takes a place of Thetis in this film. Why did they feel the need to change that? I don't know. But they, it, is Hades just more well known? Is that is that the logic? I guess so. But like, this is the biggest problem for me with this film is they strip it of the dynamic between father and son and mother and son yes yeah and i think that that really hurts this story uh a lot because it's in then it's just like who is this other character why do i give a fuck about <laughs> what he's doing yeah and they they kind of they kind of position into like um like a sins of the father kind of thing where it's like he has three opposing father figures and he kind of has to decide like he has weird relationships with each one because yeah well except for poseidon <laughs> <laughs> who because like calabos is um calabos is his stepdad Zeus is his real dad. Do we want to cover that now, or we want to wait till we... Ha- we want to pull, like, a Mortal Kombat Annihilation where we just get rip the fucking Band-Aid off like you were talking about earlier? Well, that's the thing. Like, the original opens with that fucking scene, and then we don't get the scene till halfway through the fucking movie. Like, what? what is that about? Well, we get it, like, in the first... Like, the first third, but, yeah, like, we get part of it here. We get the coffin. Yeah. But then we get the rest of it later. Yeah, which is... I don't know why we're telling the story that way. I don't know, but come to find out, Zeus is a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. If you don't know anything about Greek mythology, he always was and always is a piece of shit. He's a womanizer. Yeah. He fucking rapes people, and it's, you know, they they write stories about it. Oh, yeah, he's a total piece of shit. I mean, even in the original, he's a piece of shit, but he's like, no, I'm not a piece of shit. Just because I fucked that woman doesn't mean anything. Well, this is a pretty fucked up story, in my opinion. (laughs) Oh, it totally is. Just because I flew into her room disguised as an eagle and then disguised myself as her husband, slept with her and flew away, doesn't make me a bad person. And then my husband fucking executed me. <laughs> because I was raped. What the fuck? And we're supposed to like this guy? The idea of Atreus going to siege Mount Olympus and then Zeus being like, oh yeah, motherfucker," and then turning into him and fucking his wife yeah. is hilarious to me. I do love the explanation there, though, because they're like, because Io's in the middle of her narration, again, this comes a little later, but Io's like, Zeus liked humans, so instead of just destroying them all with his fingers, he's like, now I'm gonna make a fucking example out of you, and he does the most evil, deceitful, underhanded thing I can think of that that isn't destroying their city. Yeah. And yet, later in the film, he's walking around like Qui-Gon Jinn, trying to look like a fucking monk. <laughs> That's another thing. Like Zeus's Zeus's motivations are so kind of all over the place. Zeus is Zeus is fucking insane in this movie. Okay, he's a goddamn maniac. He's got like split personality disorder or something. But like, that's another thing. Like again, like what I was saying for the original. Like he knows goddamn well Perseus is his son. That's why 
he fucking crushes Acrisius, and he's like, fuck you, and he has Poseidon destroy Argus, right? Well, here's the, the pisser to me is, we're jumping around a little bit because I just think this part is easier to get across in the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to splitting it in half. Acrisius is holding this fucking coffin with his supposed dead wife and the baby inside, and then uh, he, he's, a, he's uh, what is he going to do? Kick it into the fucking ocean, I guess? But he throws it after he gets struck by lightning? Instead of just outright killing them, he... He like you know on the spot he puts his baby and his wife into a big ornate decorated golden coffin has like 30 of his best men stroll out to the jetty in a big old storm and he's like I'm gonna throw this shit in the water points his sword towards the heaven and Zeus is like how about you get fucked and throws a lightning bolt at him and deforms him and then Calibos is like you turned me into a goatman so I'm gonna throw this coffin in the water like I intended to in the first place yeah I don't like that either yeah we're merging two characters it just should have been it should have been you fucked my wife and or daughter in the original you know Danai is his daughter in the original you know you fucked my daughter and that pissed me off and you overstepped your bounds and I know that I'm supposed to pray to you but you fucked you know my wife or and or daughter and got her pregnant so I'm gonna kill them now and then you know obviously he feels the wrath of the gods and you know dies along with his entire fucking city but for him to become Calibos is fucking stupid. Yeah, because it's like he he went off and like came up with his own like super villain identity. He's like, I'm gonna get a cave with some candles and a nice Ultron cloak. Yeah, I'm gonna sit in this chair. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Hades to come knocking. It's almost as if like Smeagol got the ring and then fucking the next minute he was like running around saying Golem, Golem. Yeah, it just doesn't add up. No, you don't see him lose his mind. You just see him get you you see him quickly get deformed. But then the next time you see him, you're just like. Oh, you're just a cave-dwelling, ma- you know, madman now. Okay. Yeah, but like, I know I'm going to be saying this a lot, but like, in the so in the original, again, this well, this is the big point anyway. But like, Thetis is a god too, and her son is Calibos, who rules a completely different city. And the whole thing is like. Zeus, he fucking kills Acrisius and destroys Argus because they're going to kill the girl who is bearing his child. And he says in the original, like, oh, a, a girl, his daughter, blah, 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 he's gonna kill her. I have to teach him a lesson. And they're all like, fuck you, dude. Like, you're just doing that because they're gonna kill your, like, your your child, <laughs> you know? And they're like, and they make a point to be like, oh, you know, he's he's made a, a, a million uh, statues of you and prays everything and does this and that for you. And he's like, eh, fuck that. That doesn't atone for a murder. Fuck you. Bye. Which is funny because even that story is rearranging Acrisius's role in the original Gorgon's head, which is basically like he gets a prophecy that Perseus is going to kill him one day. And then Perseus gets the, kills Medusa and comes back. And that I guess the prophecy was like, yeah, one day your grandson's going to kill you, Acrisius. So why don't you disguise yourself as a hermit and cover yourself in ashes and, and, and robes? And so Perseus comes home after becoming a hero, participates in an athletic contest, and then kills Acrisius the same way Homer killed. Kills Maud, uh, Maud Flanders in The Simpsons. <laughs> he fucking throws a discus and it, gr- it flies into the crowd, hits Acrisius, and he dies. Well, there you go. But it's okay. If you're going to re- do Clash of the Titans, why don't you lean more heavily into the way that the shit went down rather than just rearranging the original rearrangement of the stories? Right. Because this was pushed through the meat grinder of the studio system. And they're like, what are you doing? It's been five minutes without something clanging. Yeah. Basically. Anyway, I just really wanted to bring that up because the contention between Zeus and the other gods for the fact that he's protecting his son is a big deal. It's so, so Zeus saves 
um, Perseus and like drops him off on a fucking island and he's like, well, there he goes and uh, he'll fucking, you know, he's going to live out the rest of his days uh, uh, as, a, as a normal man or whatever. And then he punishes Calibos, which is Thetis's son. Because he's a fucking piece of shit, and he's like killed. Like he's like every he's he's hunted every fucking animal and killed all my flying horses except one, and blah blah blah. So he turns him into a fucking monster man and makes him live in the swamp. Hey, he turns him into one of the gargoyles. Turns him into Shrek. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he turns him into a fucking demon. Um, and he's fucking badass in the original. He's got a tail and horns and shit. Yeah. But the whole thing is is Thetis is pissed because Zeus did that to him, so she's she takes it out. On Andromeda and Cassiopeia and them. And Perseus. Yeah, and Andromeda's a star of her own story, and but we don't need to get into that. So, uh, now that that has been settled, uh, we, uh, uh, Pete Postlewaite shows up. Fucking Maurice from Inception. The second I saw this guy, I was like, who, what do I remember him from? Yeah. And I'm just thinking, him in that fucking hospital bed at the end of that movie. Hand, we, we, I'm disappointed that you tried. And then I get goosebumps. He's got a bag of fucking magic green jumping fucking creatures. And then they grow a giant peach. Oh my god. Oh my god, that's right. And then he made this fucking boat out of the peach pit. I think this is one of his last roles, along with uh, The Town with uh, Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner. Was it really? Yeah, he passed away of cancer shortly after this. Yeah, he well, he's very thin looking in this, but I, I think he's still at the point where he can work. It's not like Raul Julia who was like actively dying during Street Fighter. That is so horrible. Yeah, but he had a great time in that movie. You can tell just by watching it. But uh, yeah, so Pete Postlewaite finds this, uh, this very ornate golden decorated coffin uh, in the ocean, and uh, Danae is dead and the baby's fine. It just farts up from the depths. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? It's not even floating. He somehow continues to be a fucking fishmonger. You couldn't sell that thing and make a little dough? <laughs> Seriously, buy a house. Buy a village. It's encrusted with gold, right? They can fucking just chop some shits off. But you live in a boat precariously close to a statue. Sometimes, though. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Uh, so there's some quick shots of uh, like him finding this baby in Io's like, and then Father Fisherman found Perseus and raised him and... Perseus is destined for great stuff. And the mother's in there, too, just of note. Yeah, mom's there, too. I don't know what they did with her body, but she's in there. Oh, Danai's fucking dead. In the original, she's alive, and they live on the fucking island together. A baby and some gold. They throw Danae back in the water. And he's like, oh, by the gods. Or whatever. Nobody says that once in this, by the way. Here's the thing with this guy. He's got the character of Spiro, and he's basically Perseus's... Uh, father. Adopted father, yeah. Uh, just like fucking Clark Kent, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, this guy, even though he finds this fucking floating coffin in the ocean, when Perseus is a little kid, is sitting there saying, yeah... I don't believe in the gods. And I'm sitting there saying, well, what the fuck do you call that? They sent you a baby. Yeah. Right? They definitely willed that shit. Yeah. That's another problem I have with this film. Like, it's the entire theme of the film is fuck the gods. We don't need the gods. Fuck them. Fuck them all. I hope they die. But also, we kind of need them? Question mark. Yeah. There, I like that there's people who are like, blaspheme. And someone else is like, you're blaspheming too loud. The whole end of the fucking first, fi like, the original film I'm going, we'll get to at the end of this film. It just makes way more sense. And this one's kind of just like, yep, yeah, we missed the point. Here we go. So we get like two scenes of Perseus growing up. One time he's like, I'm going to have a sister and you're going to like her better than you like me because I didn't come from mom's womb. Yep. And Pete Postlewaite is like, no, you'll be fine. Like you just, the you know, you're, you're good. You're, you're a fine kid or whatever bye <laughs> now go fish me some fish you well, you know he said bye but he just was really went to the other end of the boat and like laid down next to his wife <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I gotta go. Go to bed, son. Your room below deck. The barrel over there. Go sleep in it. Dad, why haven't we bought a house yet with the gold you found in the coffin? Then I get shh. Go to bed, son. Never mind. Got a fucking Rolex on. <laughs> Keeps tugging his fucking sleeve down so you can't see it. He's got a Rolex sundial on his wrist, are you telling me? He's got, like, fancy-ass sandals. <laughs> How often does a man ever look at your shoes? You ever gonna tell your son where you bought those sandals? No. Camera zooms in on his feet. You just see the covers go over him. <laughs> so, like, this is all told in, like, five seconds, right? Yeah. There's no cool montage of him, like, growing up. Like, in the original, he's, like, growing up and riding, you know, learning how to ride a fucking horse and learning how to sword fight and learning how to fish. And take care of himself. Emphasis on learning how to sword fight. He grows up as a fisherman. In the original, he grows up as a fighter. Well, not necessarily a fighter, but just a... Or learns how to fight. He's a well-rounded guy. Right. He's not just like, all I know is fishing, ho-hum. Granted, like, being a fisherman in that kind of environment is going to make you an athletic powerhouse. Uh, yeah, I guess. Maybe if he had, like, a fucking flail, and he's doing, like, the perfect cast, or whatever the hell it was called from the Goofy movie... <laughs> One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. Because, like, you remember the, uh, like, if you're watching, like, Ninja Warrior, it's never, like, the Olympic athlete who wins. It's, like, the gas station attendant, the firefighter, and the fisherman are all champions. Well, the, the thing is, it, it, it just doesn't make sense for, the, like, the whole thing with the character is, like, well, he's a demigod. He's got God in him. That's why he knows how to do everything like Mia Jovich in Resident Evil. She lost a memory. He can do a Pele kick. He can flip off a fucking rock, and he's an expert swordsman for whatever reason. Reason. Sure. Because he's animalistic. Question mark. Question mark. He's gone feral. He's bald. He's the only bald guy in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for Ron Perlman. What the fuck with that? I yeah, Maybe that was the fashion back then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so quick shot of him as a kid, and then he's an adult, and he has more of like the whole, I don't know where I am, or you know, I have questions about my existence. Uh, and it's the same kind of stormy night that when, uh, when Daddy Spiro found him. Cuts to the next morning, and they come up on some idiots trying to tear down a Zeus statue. And they do it. <laughs> this whole sequence of events is hysterical to me, because people in this movie are like, Yeah, fuck the gods! What are they gonna do about it? They're stupid gods! They don't have any ability to give us an immediate comeuppance. They're literally getting drunk! They're just like, yeah, fuck it! Fuck you, gods! Yeah, they're- they're ripping down a statue of- not just, like, not a min- not a statue of, like, a fucking Hephaestus or somebody, like, one of the minor gods. Like, they're ripping down the boss man, Zeus statue. They're like, <laughs> yeah! Fuck him! What's he gonna do? <laughs> This is the thing I don't get. If this was real life when they did this, okay, I guess they didn't know any better. But, like, this is a universe where the gods, they know for a fact, are real. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. It was like they wagered a chance, like, so what? They might be real, but what's he gonna do? Come down his big golden staircase and shove a lightning bolt up our ass? As they're knocking this thing down, they're going, yeah, you know, remember the Kraken? It fucking killed a bunch of people, like, ten years ago. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just gonna say that, like, uh, it's only been, like, a decade since the Kraken came and fucking wiped everybody out. It's been a short decade since the whole, like, God flooded the planet kind of disaster where it's like a biblical, like, and then we reset the world. They've got, like, Ghostbusters 2 memories. They don't remember the giant marshmallow man walking down Fifth Avenue. That and, like, it's, it's like people are, like, these people are 
everyone in Argos is a fucking idiot except Andromeda, because all of them are, like, they just keep flipping off the sky and, like, grabbing their junk and going, like, suck this, Zeus. <laughs> Zeus is doing birthday parties. Yeah, and then, like, the second the statue comes down, Hades shows up. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, why would you send Hades? We fucked up Zeus's statue, send Hades. And this guy, oh, what the fuck character? Oh! Holy shit. I have major problems with the way that Hades is portrayed in this film. Oh, Harry, Harry, po I mean Perseus, the boy who also lived. I'm Hades. I'm, uh... There's that also. Pick up your wand, Perseus. Oh, Nagini. Take off your clothes, Perseus. Take... <laughs> One degree away from Granny Van Dam with that voice. Take off your clothes! Granny Van Dam is my summer mistress. Oh, God. Why does that work so well? Fucking in the wheelchair! Take off your clothes, Hades! Yes! Spin me right round, big boy! Hades is like, I can't! These clothes are singed to my body. I can't remove them. Oh, you want to see my snake? Um, I'll give you a parcel tongue between the cheeks. When they hired him for the movie, was it in the contract that he just had to do this fucking character again? <laughs> He's Voldemort all over the place. Yeah, you are frail at first, and then you get gradually less frail, but like... He is Voldemort on every level. Yeah, it's hunched over, bearded hobo Voldemort with a nose. Like, he's constantly got this crooked stance, like he's like, ow, my back hurts, I threw it out yesterday. And let's just be clear, it is the same actor for anyone at home that doesn't know. Yeah, it's Ray Fiennes, everybody, and he is fucking, he is not just chewing scenery, he comes in, he's like, are you going to finish that? Okay, good. This representation of Hades, by the way, is kind of bizarre. It's Hades combined with the Angel of Death combined with Count fucking Dracula. Yeah, he looks like Vlad. He looks like Gary Oldman's Vlad, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and he's also got like, um, like his elemental representation of, you know, him being death is is this weird pseudo like fiery entropic kind of thing and i don't really associate hades with those kinds of things i associate with him with like you know death undoing the end of things uh winter stuff like that cloaked maybe cloaked figure yes of course also like why are all of the gods wearing, like, medieval armor? Yeah, like, they got their plus one holy armor on? Like, what? Well, also, like, to, if you didn't get the idea that Hades is the black sheep of the family, he is literally dressed in all black, and everyone else is dressed in white lens flare-ridden armor. They're like chromatic fucking stickers that used to get in the 50-cent machines. Prismatic, excuse me. Here's the thing, I wouldn't even hate the costume design for the gods if they didn't have this, like, horrible fucking glitter, glowing, radiant effect on the armor. It's like... J.J. Abrams passed by and was like, those are nice. You know what they need more of, though? Here you go. Shine them up. Uh, I just, I, I prefer the, the kind of flowy, ethereal look better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then they just look like a bunch of, like, fucking dead soldiers. Yeah, because it's like the, the gods. Why do they need to wear armor? Exactly. They should be fucking naked. That too. So, Hades shows up, and he brings the Furies with him. They don't get named. You have to Wikipedia that. Oh, yeah. I was like, are these imps? Are these harpies? What the fuck am I even looking at here? I initially thought harp harpies, but they are named, I think, in the Wikipedia and the IMDb yeah, the as Furies. the Furies. Yeah, and so he shows up. They're Night Furies? Like, How to Train Your Dragon? No, just Furies. They're just they're just the Furies. Not a bunch of Toothlesses. Warriors, come out to play. We're talking about the gods, right? We can fucking manipulate, like, weather and shit and, like, cause catastrophic destruction. 
Hades comes up and just punches a few dudes in the face with a fucking demon with a flying with he like splits into a bunch of demons and like kills a bunch of dudes and he's like yep fuck you yeah like he he is the Furies like he can split his himself into a bunch of flying demons and then kind of go disperse with these idiots and then he shoots a fucking fireball into Perseus's ship to Joe's point why didn't he just level that fucking cliffside and just take him out in one shot right yeah like why didn't you just go and it's like by the way I'm the god of death I can snap my fingers and all of you will and you're dead. He's more just like a dark magician. He turns around and he's like, Hello, boy! And then turns into a meteorite and smashes this boat into a million pieces. <laughs> For no reason. Meanwhile, Spiros is going, Ah, just we can just sit here and we'll be okay. We're not doing anything wrong. He's just like, Okay, okay, Sam Worthington, stand still. And then he looks up and then he's just like, Oh, and he fucking just <laughs> flies into the fucking boat. And then uh, Perseus watches his entire uh, adopted family drown within the confines of a boat that he can't help. Well, his poor father, he's sticking his arm out the fucking boat as it's sinking, trying to give him the Rolex, and he doesn't get a hint. <laughs> <laughs> it's, stuck, it's stuck on his drowning sister's corpse. Yeah, he, I can't leave the gold behind. You go on. He's trying to undo the fucking slippers the hand through. <laughs> You never see his mom and his sister uh, after, like, a certain point in this disaster scene. Like, you see his dad, like, pop out and go, like, he gives him, like, a fucking a fist pump, and then he just drowns. And then you never see them again. Um, also, it should be noted that Perseus swims, like, 200 feet below the surface and punches a hole in the deck of the boat with his bare hands. Daniel Baldwin strength, man. Foreshadowing. But he's half good. I think he's just Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> You know what? He did dolphin dive down there. And he fucking punched it right in, right underwater. He's got, like, extra strength underwater. Is this long before he discovered Taco Bell? It's possible. Wait, my question. Is Daniel Baldwin a demigod? I think we've already established on this show that he is. Yeah, I think so. It would explain how he keeps getting as lucky as he is despite looking the way he does. The Hittites, man. Gozer worshippers. You know what? I hope he does listen to this show. That way he can listen to people just be, like, you know, just arbitrarily nasty to him for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Don't fuck with me! He was, you know, he's just screaming at his radio or his iPod or whatever. <laughs> Yelling at his radio while he's driving like, How dare you! Drives off the fucking side of the road. You fucking three losers! Yes, we know. Thank you. I'll find you guys. I'm a Baldwin. Cool. You know what sucks about being a Baldwin? Nothing. So Worthington Perseus uh, swims up to the surface and we get the first of his very Link-esque yelps. Yeah. Instead of like a no or something, he gets he climbs this debris and goes, yeah. I don't know what this is. Acting. What is this noise you're making, Sam? He sure does sound like Link. Yeah, it does, but it also sounds like someone who just like whacked their little toe on the stairs going up them. Like, it's like, <laughs> he he basically gets arrested or some bullshit or no what no he gets picked up by Argos. Yeah, like some soldiers who are just out on patrol or something, and they're just like, all right, here's a dude. Doesn't he like climb the cliff or some shit? And they're like, hey, you little fuck, come here. And I guess he's like, take me to see the king of Argos, and they're like. Okay, bring him on in. Bring this fucking peasant to the fucking... Like, what? But then they take him to Argos, and he has this weird slouch posture the whole time. Like, he wants to go home and play Xbox. <laughs> I don't want him, man. He's constantly like, I don't want to be here. I wish my dad was alive, but he's not. And you guys are ruining my day. Right before we get to the king, I just, there's a real quick scene, and we're introduced to fucking Liam Neeson as... Zeus. Officially. And Hades comes back and he's like, he's like, oh, is it time to kill the mortals, brother? And Zeus kind of stops him. He's like, oh, excuse me, this is a Jedi Council meeting. Only Jedis are allowed here. <laughs> we do not grant you the rank of master. Mm, you cannot do that, Hades. <laughs> 
too old. Too old. Rank of God, we do not grant you. He's too old. Nope. It's just a circular room and all these gods are like sitting on these fucking pedestals. With thumbs up their fucking asses. And where is Poseidon? Is he in this room? He's standing behind Zeus. Danny Houston is there as Poseidon and just there to look. And then Luke Evans is also there as Apollo and he's also there to just go like, but the we love the humans, we need them. At least he gets a goddamn line. This is weird because this is where we first established that whole thing. We're like, yeah, we need the humans to survive question and you're like oh uh okay i think they're just saying that because like they need somebody to worship them i guess or else they cease to be is that the idea they make it seem like zeus thrives off of like he gets like health points for like a currency of worship and love and hades is like freddy krueger who only gets more powerful with fear yeah like you have like you have a bad dream and and hades becomes more real and and if fucking zeus falls down you clap your hands like a fucking fairy and it comes back to life yeah yeah it's very much like that. Instead of it kind of being metaphorical or like or emotional where it's like we have these children down here who are being very unruly and they don't think we can do anything. What's the point of creating these things if they're going to be so unruly? It's not a conflict of order. It's a conflict of like, well, we need them to pray for us. Yeah. It's like Zeus and the other gods are playing their own personal civilization game with humanity. It's like, oh, you know, this town, it's it's got a good income on uh, religion, so we don't really want to interfere with that. <laughs> Our religion stat is fucking tanking. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Like, that's a really good aspect of the original. And, like, it's here, but, like, not in the same capacity. And it never goes anywhere except for the fact that it's like, well, the good guy needs the good stuff and the bad guy needs the bad stuff. I do like the other side of this, which isn't shine. It's not given too much light. And the light it does get is it's demonstrated by lots of colossally stupid people, which is, like... At some point, mortals do get tired of the cycle of like, you know, you put us here, but you're not really doing a whole lot of a good job in the role that you're in. And one of the things I like about Dark Souls so much is that it's really based on a lot of uh, hubris from uh, godlike figures who are like, no, things are going to stay the way we want them because it's better for us. Um, but that's more mostly unspoken. And then eventually their own pride kind of like kickstarts the apocalypse in Dark Souls. But here's the difference with that, Connor. Like, Dark Souls is a video game. It was produced as a video game, and it's it's a very good one. This is based on, like we said earlier, a movie that, you know, was based on this mythology. So there's already multiple layers created there, and it's just like, I don't know, like, I feel like they could have done more with this. 100%. Remember we mentioned the writers? Um, the dialogue in this scene, in this scene specifically is basically several exchanges about they don't like us, but we need them to like us, but we don't want them to like us. We don't like them, but we want them to hate us. We want them to fear us, but they need to be scared of us, but we also want them to love us. Like, what? Hate leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Like, Zeus is just like, yes, continue, you're selling me on this. Yeah, he's just snapping his fingers like, what's his face, Rick and Morty? Yes. Apollo's over there, like, shaking his fucking head, like, not again. They reward my love with defiance? Hades, go fuck them up a bit. And then he sends him out. Hades basically was up there to dupe his stupid older brother or, you know, twin, whatever the fuck. I guess. Where the fuck are Hera and fucking Poseidon? They, they don't have an opinion about this? Where's Aphrodite? Where's Thetis? Where are all these other gods? Yeah, where's Athena? She gets mentioned. You don't ever see her. Those people all have credits and are never given speaking roles. Fucking stupid. I think literally everybody in the original gets at least a... A, a line? At least 10 seconds of dialogue, yeah. But basically, Hades is like... Let me basically, let me go down there and stir some shit up and more or less 
promote civil unrest so that we can teach them a lesson. And Zeus is like, sound idea, there's no way you could double cross me. By the way, do you think that the MDU has a similar counsel to this? Yes, totally. Except Liam Neeson is John Hurt. Exactly. You've got Granny Van Dam's there. She's Hades. You've got Gunnar Hansen the White. Yeah, well, Gunnar Hansen's Poseidon, you think? Yeah, he doesn't really talk much, and when he does, you better watch out. <laughs> you better watch your fucking ass. It's been 25 years since I sent the super tsunamis to destroy the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? That was me. I blew it up. Bruce Davison's on the fucking council. He kind of keeps to himself, but he just shakes his head. He just stands there and looks off in the distance. We were like, Bruce. Yes? He shut down again. I don't know what's happening to him. Line. <laughs> he just, he turns behind him. He goes, I have a thousand feet of rope. If I, if I need to go further, cut me. Here, hold on to this end. I'll be back. He's stuck in a loop again. <laughs> but beneath all of them is uh, the bartender with a pop-up funny, and this is all projecting into the air. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story about Mount Olympus. And someone goes, that sounds really familiar. And he's like, he closed the book real fast. He's like, never mind, back to Arachnus. Anyway, and then it fucking zooms out and like a fucking alien finger picks up the marble. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically. Danny Yuffman, Danny Yuffman. The sad thing is, though, that alien is fucking rump. Oh, did we just say the bartender is God? He could be. Of that particular universe. If these are all the stories that he's telling. So, so Apollo goes to Zeus saying, you know, this bad idea, buddy. And he's like, eh, piss off. I'm going to do it. And he basically <laughs> just says, yeah, okay, go do it, Hades. Go do your work. But he doesn't even really do anything. No, he just goes down and, like, he's like, Hey, everybody, I'm spooky. Yeah, well, Sam Worthington gets fucking dragged in to see the king for whatever reason, because, like, this wouldn't happen. King Cepheus and his queen Cassiopeia. He walks into this mother... Well, as he's walking through the street, there's this fucking stereotypical-ass, like, evangelical, like, uh, evangelist dude. Beggar. Uh, the gods, the gods, the gods, the gods are like this. Your hair is stupid, your hair is bad. Yeah, granola fucking man bun is like, yeah, your gods are coming. <laughs> Fucking dude, you gotta eat organic eggs or else we're all gonna die. I only feed my dogs grain-free diets. This is why we can't vaccinate our children. Oh, that's a good parallel. He's this movie's anti-vaxxer. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my god. Uh, you also get introduced to the Game of Thrones cast and uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Oh yeah. Mads Mikkelsen is my favorite actor in this movie. What is he? He's basically, what, the commander or some bullshit of this army? Yeah, he's he's Commander Badass. Um, His name's Draco in this movie. I don't know what that guy's name is in the original, but he's kind of a nice guy. This guy, Mads Mikkelsen's a fucking dick in this movie. Oh, it's the it's the, it's the saga of Mads getting mad. Yep. <laughs> it's a Mads Mads world. Yeah, it's Mad Mads world. Um, I have, I think I have written down in several parts, like the saga of Mad Mac, Mad Mads continues. Uh, so yeah, Sam Worthington is dragging this fucking harem, uh, this big ridiculous celebration because they just tore down a statue and they neglected the idea that several men were just killed. Oh, they don't give a shit. Yeah, they're just like, oh hail King Cepheus for tearing down a statue. And Cepheus is like, fuck the gods, we're gonna fuck them all. Let's go kill them. Cepheus is like, blaspheme, blaspheme, everybody, it's fun. And then his queen Cassiopeia is like Andromeda, Andromeda, why don't you smile? After all, you're prettier than the gods. You're practically a god yourself. And Cepheus is like, blaspheme quieter. It is like they're just taking a fucking bandsaw to the back of a bear. <laughs> we keep poking it. It's not waking up. She is like the drunk person at a party who like mouths off to the big, like the biggest person in the room, and everyone else is like, hey, now we're having fun, but like keep it down. She's like, nah, fuck the gods. She's more pretty than Aphrodite. And his her husband's like, oh fuck, Cassiopeia is the fucking drunk Jersey housewife in this fucking movie. <laughs> She's like, hey, you know what? Fucking, you don't fucking tell me a shot in my fucking house. You you get the fuck out. You drink some wine and drama to you're a pretty girl. You're 
prettiest thing is ever. You pretty than Aphrodite. You're you're gonna listen to your dad, and I don't give a fuck what the fuck you have to say about it. Fuck the gods. Here, have a drink. Cepheus is like, all right, that's enough wine with you. Yeah, okay, back to your room, darling. As this is going on, suddenly, like, as if out of nowhere, a, a literal, like, black hole, let's call it, just opens in the middle of the fucking castle. Fucking Death Eaters, man, they're coming through the fucking fountain. Hades shows up as a cindery singularity and sucks up a bunch of red shirts. <laughs> Literally all the guards in this room. All the guards in this room are patently useless because he just sucks them up and turns them. He just, he destroys them and just spits their armor out of his backside. And then he looks at fucking Sam because he didn't move. Yeah. And he's like, very interesting. What's that scar on your forehead from? Is that a lightning bolt? I've done it again. <laughs> it would be a lightning bolt, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's fucking Zeus's kid. And then he throws garbage at Samward in the turn, he gets knocked out, and then he turns to Cassiopeia. He's like, you're a, a very arrogant drunk woman. Oh, she fucking rolls up on him. She's like, she's like, hey, fucker, yeah. And I'm like, uh, he just sucked up all your guards into, like, a hell dimension via tornado lady. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, this isn't shit that just happens. It doesn't take long for them to all fucking hit the floor and start kneeling. I'm Hades. Now kneel. And they do. And everyone does it except Cassie. Well, she does, but he's like, he's like, hey, you're mouthy. Um, you're getting Dorian grade. <laughs> oh, she fucking gets it hard. She's like, she's like, I've never heard of it. He's like, it's not real yet, but don't worry. You won't be around to see it. And look into my belt. You see the Ark of the Covenant? Here it goes. In cool CGI, uh, ages her into a fucking husk and she just drops dead. It's pretty rad. Yeah. And then he turns the room and like Andromeda's like, fuck you and then he like four stops her or something <laughs> pretty much and then like io shows up because sam sam worthington's like about to grab a sword and be like i'm gonna cut this motherfucker and she's like no not yet just save it for the uh, for the end of the movie when that happens don't do it now who are you and how'd you get here yeah okay so this is my problem with her character like we get like little tiny breadcrumbs and they go nowhere. I was a god or something. I was a demigod or something. I was cursed to be... She's basically Aragorn. Yeah, yes. I was cursed to be immortal, and I'm floating around watching stuffs happen. She's an observer who's kind of waiting around, but you don't get any of that story. She tells you her backstory. She was, uh, she turned down the advances of a god. I think it was Poseidon. Yeah. Oh, he gets mentioned, at least, I suppose. Yeah, and Medusa gets turned into a fucking snake lady, by the way. Anyway, go ahead. But, uh, she rejects the advances of Poseidon, runs to a temple of Athena, and then, whilst praying for forgiveness, the gods are like, how about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> Cursed! You're young and beautiful forever. Sam Worthington even says that. She's like, yeah, well, everyone I know dies. And it's like, yeah, but... Yeah, but have you seen you? Right? <laughs> well, while she's explaining that, Hades, for some reason, I guess just to stir the fucking pot, is like, yeah, by the way, uh, Perseus, you're a demigod. Peace! And he just disappears. First, he gives a Shao Kahn speech. Seven days! In ten days, the sun will eclipse and I'll unleash the Kraken unless you... Uh, stop the war or sacrifice Andromeda or Argus is dead. Bye. Leave a message at the beep. Let's, uh, let's be honest, though. Um... Uh, the people with brains, and there's probably only a handful of them, should just get up and leave Argus and fuck it, because that city sucks. Everyone there is an idiot. Why are you in Argus, by the way? It's built, like, in... It's, like, in this fucking 
deep-ass valley right next to the ocean. It is built with a sign that says, please, Tsunami, come destroy us. Well, like, to be fair, that's probably, like, a pretty defensive, you know, location. If it's got a back against a fucking mountain and in front of it's just water. Yeah, it's probably a port city, but, like, they're set up to be, it's almost like someone was like, tell them to build the city on the water. That way, if we ever decide to, like, you know, call the Kraken, they just have nowhere to go. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, like, in the sense of, like, the Kraken showing up where Poseidon just being pissed one day and just super tsunami them. Um, otherwise, it's it's not a bad defensive position. Yeah, no, because you can you can leave immediately, and then you have a uh, if someone comes to land, you can flee from the sea. If someone comes to the sea, you can flee inward. It's basically helms deep with water in front of it. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, he uh, he says like eh, ten days, and then the uh, Mads Mikkelsen is like, I am angry for no reason. Fuck you, Sam. You serve the gods. You're part god. They take Perseus, and they're like, you're demigod, and they start beating him up, and Sam does more of his yeah. And he's like, stop it, my dad was killed by a god. They're like, your dad's a god. And he's like, no, he's not. He was a fisherman. He gave me a small loan of uh, godly powers. Well, he took that loan into the water with him in his watery grave. (laughs) I never got those sandals off him. Or the Rolex. Don't forget that. Uh, Cepheus comes in. He's like, I need the demigod to go do the thing. And he's just like, no, lock me up. I'm not a fighter. I swear we had that whole flashback thing, which we don't need to go into with Acrisius. The big thing is that he turns into fucking... Calabos, which is stupid, but you need to know that. Right, and I and I guess Perseus only even agrees because Io kind of convinces him that, like, hey, if you want to take down Hades, help us defeat the Kraken, and it'll weaken him. And he's like, huh. I was a fisherman yesterday, but it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, well, that's another fucking thing I hate, because it's like, we're just jumping right into that, okay. He is immediately... As confident as a seasoned superhero. Yeah, but that's what makes it so great about the original, because he's, like, literally plucked from where he was, placed in a in Joppa, where he doesn't know where the fuck he is, and has to, like, feel around and be like, what the fuck's going on here? Sees Andromeda, falls in love, and then, you know, she's protected, you know, she, she, she has to get a suitor or whatever, and then if <laughs> you have to solve a riddle, and if you don't get the riddle correct, you're fucking burned at the stake in the middle of the village. Yeah. And then they have that whole arc with with Calabos and going to the swamp and shit and the fucking giant vulture, which makes sense. I was so disappointed we didn't get that. Yeah, but then we don't we don't fuck with the crack until later. So then we get our, our, our derpy fellowship. So we get uh, Perseus who's like, agree, let's do it. Oh, this is the fucking D&D party. Yeah, so we get <laughs> Uh, we get Io, Perseus, Mads, and then we get this roll call of Nicholas Holt, who plays, I don't remember, um, a guy with very tight-looking lips that makes him look like a beak, um, the Hound from Game of Thrones, Davos Seaworthy, uh, who was he in Dog Soldiers? Captain Ryan. Yeah, and then a bunch of fucking red shirts. Yeah, the, these two hunters that just walk up. Oh, these hunters are my favorite characters in the movie. <laughs> yeah, the fucking brownies from Willow. I wanted to like them. I really did, because they were like the one comedy relief part of the film, but they did nothing. Actually, they do, uh, they are the smartest characters in the movie and seem to be the, the, the only ones capable of handling themselves in, a, in a, seemingly any situation, but you don't get enough of them, and then they just leave the movie at some point. They walk up after they're leaving, they're like, hey, you need hunters? They go, no. They go, yeah, well, you do. They're like, do you know how to kill a hydra? Do you know how to kill a giant spider? Do you know what to do if you got a fucking orthos? around and there's there's, there's two-headed dogs are you fucking with that or what have you ever heard of a beholder or a mind flayer by any chance (laughs) (laughs) or a demi gorgon uh they do name drop the nemean lion which is weird because that's like that's really a hercules thing so if you knew how to pierce the high the nemean lion then why haven't you done it 
Um, I don't know, it's weird. It's a nerdy, th- nerdy observation. But then, yeah, they have their fellowship and they fucking hit the road. Oh, and they hit the fucking road. I thought I was watching Dragon Ball Evolution for half of this film. Holy shit. They're going to see the witches, man. The three fucking witches, right? We're already on the fucking road. And it, it's like, what? 20 minutes into the movie, not even? They got 10 days, and I swear to God, I mean, some shit happens, we're going to talk about it, but for, like, the first seven, they're going to these witches. I know. It takes them forever to get there. They do drop the amount of time it's been, so they say, I think they say from the castle, from Argos to the witches is four days. Well, it's about 10 days, like, there and back, I think. Yeah, so, um, we get, like, a, uh, they're all camped out, and they're kind of, they're giving Perseus shit for just being, you know, just a fucking nobody. Uh, uh, being a nobody, but also being a demigod, because they're, I don't know, indignant about that but then he's like uh, he's like here's a fish because i'm a fisherman they're like oh that's cool and mads mickelson is like come here i'm gonna beat you up you want a sword fight kid here's a sword you want a sword <laughs> they are in like this like forest this like kind of like mystical looking like forest and io's following them in the distance and like the implication there is weird it's like is she because it's before they leave draco says keep your distance and i guess there's like distrust there because she is technically like She's not a demigod, but she's been touched by the gods. So they're like, yeah, you, you've got the god stink. Is she magic? She's just like running around the woods behind him like, I see you, Perseus. And I'm going to come in and help you and fucking drop fucking knowledge bombs whenever it makes sense. What are you doing back there? I'll never tell. But like, that's the thing. Like, she's the fucking, she's the Burgess Meredith character. Whereas he was like a poet and he know and he's wrote a bunch of stories and has heard all of these stories. That's how he knows this shit. Yeah, she's been around for so long that she just knows things. They would have been better served at that point. Like, if they didn't want to do the Burgess Meredith character because they wanted to do something different they could have just like cut to the gods whenever like some lore dump needed to be have and just have like them drop the information at least it would have felt somewhat natural when we get to uh, a certain um snake infested woman um there's a whole section that just doesn't need to be there about no. oh well uh you gotta you gotta do this when you fight medusa and you gotta do this when you fight medusa and it's like no that scene has a whole different intention which is like oh i know but it's fucking stupid one thing i don't want to forget to mention because it fucking burns my soul to the core before they leave the town you gotta throw this boobo fucking joke in there oh shit oh wow as a adamant defender of this movie for this and i'll, I'll get to why i defend this movie a lot when we get to the wrap-up part but like okay if your intention is to go off on a different road altogether and make a movie that is totally the opposite of what the original was and you want to do something a little more hard-hitting a little more fast-paced a little more blockbustery don't even reference boobo instead what you did was wave your middle finger at the audience who liked the 81 version and then threw it in the fucking dumpster coming from a dude who was like yeah i loved that movie when i was a kid and it was just like I, you got fucking luke skywalker he just fucking takes it and throws it over his shoulder he's like yep fuck that shit here we go yeah and like the intention the intention might not have been malicious where it was like haha remember this kind of silly thing from the 80s we're not going to use it right you misjudge your audience because you're gonna you're gonna upset a lot of them I, again like you said just don't have it yeah it's not like you took a prop that you might miss from the original one where a diehard fan might notice it. You took one of the major props and characters from the original one and said, oh, this is garbage. You know what would have been cool? If he was, like, dismantled or, like, being put together somewhere else 
You know what I mean? Just like a little like in the background kind of thing. Or like you have a shot of maybe Hephaestus or something and he's on his desk or something where he's in pieces and hasn't quite been built yet. Right, exactly. As much as that just gives me just straight fucking heartburn, you know, I, I can't sit here and complain too much because it could have been something like the Lost in Space movie where we just have the fucking bloop running around like a whack job. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it could have been because it's very brief and it's kind of, it's just there and it's, in the moment you're like, okay, fuck you too. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It doesn't really like, I don't think it actually hurts or helps anything overall. It's just kind of there and then it's done with and then the movie just goes about its own business. Right. It's, just a, it's an eye roll that you don't necessarily need in this movie. Yeah, you can chop out of the film and it wouldn't make a fucking difference. I know, but just the balls like, oh, you, yeah, we, we got CGI and you had stop motion. Fuck you. Yeah, that's how it comes across. It's a gutsy and uh, ill thought out idea that they didn't need to do. But, uh... So they have this, they're back at, the, we're back at this little camp thingamajig, and Mads Mikkelsen is like, hey, if you, he gives him this sword fighting lesson, he's like, he's like, keep your balance, I'm gonna trip you, I know, I didn't tell you I was gonna do that, and then Sam Worthington's like, ah! <laughs> and then fucking attacks him, and Sam Worthington, I was like, I was like, Perseus, you were a fisherman yesterday. Yeah. It's stupid. By the way, he has this problem throughout the entire film, but he doesn't know how to keep his armor on. Yeah, he just keeps taking it off. He's got his fisherman's outfit on now. Like, you, you don't have leather armor or fucking something? Also, now, now, granted, Mance Mikkelsen's character, Draco, in this movie is kind of a dick. However, at some points, I found myself agreeing with him, because his point is, you're the son of a god, you've got, like, an extra buff nobody here has. If I had your gifts, I'd be using the shit out of them right now. And the fact that you're not could get people killed. And he's like, I gotta do it as a man. Is that even in the original? Well, no, because he's just a man. In the yes, he's the son of Zeus, but he doesn't have any extra sensory powers, or like he doesn't know how to just fight just because. Does he have a lightsaber? That's what I want to know. I wish he did, because he does in this movie. The whole thing is Thetis like just drops him in a strange land, and Zeus is like, "What the fuck? That's my son! Like, I love my." <laughs> I saved him before, and you fucking, you can't do that. That's not chance. Where did you even take him? Yeah, exactly, because it's not like chance. There's like a whole rule system, right? So he gives him a helmet, a sword, a shield, and he fucking sends Bupo, and uh, he has all those things to help him on his quest. And if he didn't have all those things to help him on his quest, he'd fucking die. It would be one thing if you're going into a human-based conflict where it's one nation against the other, and you're employing the powers of a demigod to well, yeah. essentially top on their nation. That's one thing where you can go like, no, we shouldn't do this as, as demigods, we should do this as, as men. But like... You're going up against beings and powers and forces that are beyond human comprehension, who have powers that go well above and beyond your own existence, and you ref you're you not going to use these abilities? No. Well, he doesn't need them, because fucking Mads is showing him how to fight, and, and literally a minute in, he's, like, disarming this fucking general. Yeah, oh, dude, he starts whooping Mads Mikkelsen's ass in, like, ten seconds. At the end of it, Mads Mikkelsen's like, Jesus Christ, man, I just want to tell you, use your godly powers when it comes up. Fuck you, too. It cuts from this fight scene to Zeus just looking at this minifig of fucking Perseus going just just staring at it for like 10 15 seconds he just goes Perseus <laughs> cuts back to the fucking camp I, I, why was that in there well here's the thing right so it's well established in the first one that like the whole reason Zeus does what he does destroys Argus is because he doesn't want Perseus to die and he makes sure that Perseus has a great life and what have you. And he grants him that because of what? Uh, because man was going to destroy him, right? So in this film, he's like, I have a son. I have a son. I have a son. And then he's like, 
okay, I guess I love him now because he's my son. Who, what the fuck does he care at this point? You know what I mean? It's also weird when you're kind of into Greek mythology and you look at that and go, what would make Perseus more important to you than any of your other bastard de- demigod children? Right. But here's the thing with that. Like, that's never actually said in the movie. You're just like pulling, you're inferring all that. This is literally a 15 second scene of him looking at this figure and nothing else. That's it. Yeah. Because uh, we cut back to the camp and uh, Perseus just fucks off, just starts walking into the, you know, the woods, doesn't tell anybody. He walks fucking smack dab into a fucking herd of flying horses is what he does. Well, first he's got to find that magic item on the ground, the fucking lightsaber that's just glowing. Oh, Christ. Yeah, like, he gets a fucking Zelda-esque item discovery moment where it's like a sword, and he picks it up, and Mads Mikkelsen's like, it's it's a gift from the gods, pick it up. And he's like, fuck this, I I don't need it, I I can do it because I'm a man but the sword only comes out for him and he throws it to mads and it's just like a hilt it's a lightsaber hilt first of all this thing's cool as shit and he should use it it's pretty neat it's a hilt that turns into a big uh like silver gladius um and it's constantly beaming with light yes it is cool but again where are the writers so I can kick them in the fucking nuts? <laughs> what what are we doing? It is very item discovery moment where it's like you got your know, legendary weapon level 35. I just want to take them in the room and be like, did someone tell you to write this that he just walks into a field and just finds this fucking thing? It happens in the first one, but it's completely unwarranted here and unsolicited. And it's just like, okay, why is Zeus helping him? Because he just had a kindled, like a rekindled thought like, oh, well, he's, I guess he's my son. I guess is that the implication there when that short scene before this? To make you fucking give a shit or whatever. So, uh, Hades goes to visit Calabos and he's like, Hello, Atreus, and he's like, Calabos! Call me Calabos! (laughs) He's like, Tony Stark's my dad. It's a thing with me! Um, and then he cuts off Hades' arm. Uh, no. Uh, (laughs) so he goes in there and, like, Calabos is, like, in a fucking cloak and, like, they have this really bizarre exchange where, like, Hades is like, I'm not strong enough yet, so you're going to be my weapon. And then Hades walks up to Calabos, stands over him. Oh, my God. And he's like, I'm going to make you strong now. And <laughs> he fucking burps in his face. He pukes fire down his throat. <laughs> Again, like I was saying before, like, Thetis was Calabos's mother. And he, like, she, like, gave him the strength to do whatever, right? And for some reason, that makes Calabos extra strong. Uh, and then Calabos is like, cool, I'm gonna go kill my son now. And then, uh... That's where the the sword happens, and then after the sword happens, like Perseus is like, come, come, I'm gonna keep going for my walk. He literally walks five feet from the camp right into a horse's ass, and they're all fucking flying horses. Yeah, Pegasi. Pe- <laughs> Pegasus. Oh, but not the white horse. It's a black horse. It is weird because Pegasus is like, hello, I'm here too now. Right. I, I guess what's the joke there? It's like, oh yeah, the stereotypical version is the white one. So here's the here's the black beauty one coming in. Here's the black beauty one yeah and it's like also pegasus is supposed to be like the last of his race at least in the original right and like that's the that's what kind of makes it cool and that's why they kind of like buddy up because it's like well the bad guy one of the bad guys of the movie fucking killed all of the other ones of his you know species so it kind of like it's kind of cool that like perseus and the and the flying horse like kind of team up almost or like he tames him more or less they find each other in a moment of you know uh in a in a moment of duress as opposed to 
Pegasus flying in because he's like, and now it's my turn. Yeah. And like, there's a whole scene in the original where like he tames Pegasus and this whole thing. And it's like, a, it's a big thing. And in this, he's just like, hey, what's up? I'm Pegasus. Want to get on my back because you have fucking God or whatever. He flies in like fucking Buckbeak and then the camera turns <laughs> and uh, Hades is chewing on a unicorn's neck. <laughs> You know, he's not full yet. He's got to get powered up. Yeah, but uh, there is a scene where it's like Io also shows up and she's like, I'm here too now. She's like, you know, only gods can ride Pegasus. You know, I'm just going to drop some more information that's pertinent so nobody asks questions. Isn't that cool, Perseus? And then, like, uh, it's kind of like a toothless moment without all the cool music and emotional buildup, though. Like, Sam Worthington kind of walks up and he starts stroking Pegasus and Pegasus lets him. And now he has a night fury. Yes, exactly. Um, But then uh, Pegasus flies away because someone screams in horror because, uh, well, first we cut back to these two scouts, and one of them is the Hound, and this is the most awkward kill I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. This dude is fucking tall, but there's no way... Did Calibo shrink and then stab this guy in the dick? <laughs> he just, like, screams on camera. He, like, pulls him off screen to the towards the bottom. Yeah, he's, like, standing there and goes, Ugh! and then just falls forward. You don't see what strikes him. Um... But then you cut away, and then you cut back to the camp, running to find the source of the sound, and I kind of like this moment. From this point on, I'm all in. Calibos is standing with his back to them, and he has the remaining scout in front of him, and then just <laughs> rips him in half. Oh, he fucking headless horsemans this guy. And throws his fucking body left and right. Gets fucking Casper Van Deened. Yeah, then we get our, our first, like, proper sequence of action uh, scenes. Which is cool. First Mads runs up and literally drop kicks this fucking guy. Holy shit, that's fucking awesome. Mads Mikkelsen runs up and throws an actual pro wrestling drop kick and Calibos is like, try again, sucker. And he just stands there and no-sells it. Um, And everyone is swinging on Calibos and Calibos is swatting them all away like flies. It's your typical, like, shaky cam everything's up in everybody's face kind of shit. Yeah. I do like when um the, the, the shot of when Calibos throws Worthington down a hill and you do get like there's no dummy it's a very visible man just being throttled down a fucking hill yeah and then calabos is like just jumping after him well they cut his fucking hand off at one point too because he's like got uh perseus in like a chokehold towards the end of this fight it gets really like awkward and like kind of slows down and then yeah and then like sean said he's like chokeholding perseus and some dude just nonchalantly comes up and cuts his hand off but then like there's an implication that the hand starts transforming into something but then nothing happens with that Ugh. This pissed me off. It does, but you don't see, like, there's no explanation. It just happens. And I remember Calibus's blood being a thing in the original one, too. No, it's not. It's Medusa's blood. Okay, it's Medusa's blood. Okay. Again, like... <laughs> It's just a better story. It's just it's just better. It's the way it's told is just better. This is done to get to uh a like a checkbox as opposed to doing anything else. Right. It's like how do we cram three scenes from the original into one? Oh, I got it. Here you go. That being said, um I kind of like all this presentation wise. So they cut Calibus's hand off, and he's like, hmm, 10 against 1? I don't really like this. So he turns and runs off. Well, no, here's the thing. This is why it doesn't make any sense to me, Connor, because they cut his hand off, then they run, like, half a mile to this fucking ruin, and then, like, he's bleeding on the ruin, and then 
the creatures pop out of the ground. Takes a little time for them to spawn, I think. Well, his hands begins to transform. It, like the his like middle finger cracks back into like a scorpion stinger, and it starts to transform into something. So I'm assuming that hand becomes like ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that hand like becomes like scorpion prime. I guess is what you'd say. Uh, is that the one that they tame? <laughs> uh, maybe. There's a fucking big one that shows up at the end of that fight, though. So and all of his wherever his blood is landing is where like you get little ones, quote unquote. Yeah, they get this big old ruin, and then we get this. Pretty fun uh, fight sequence where everyone has to fight these giant fucking scorpions with, uh, I forgot to mention him, but the score in this movie is done by uh, Rowan Juwandi, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the score rocks, um, and it's full blast in this whole sequence, and I think it kind of helps it a lot. I can't remember it. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think it was cool. I describe it as sitting somewhere in this box between like a Fury Road and Dark Knight sounding soundtrack, where it's lots of like do 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 do. I'd have to watch it again because I really distinctly remember both of those soundtracks, and I couldn't tell you a shit about this one. I love this one, and this guy also did the Pacific Rim soundtrack. He's done music for Game of Thrones. Like, he's got a he's got a good body of work, and it's it's he didn't slouch here. But I think this whole sequence is really fun, and uh, every time someone gets whapped with a fucking scorpion claw, they there's a human body hitting sand and rocks flying everywhere. Um, people are getting thrown into fucking pillars and knocked in their asses. Some dude gets stung to two musical cues it goes dun dun and then he gets thrown over the fucking scorpion's head like garbage (laughs) it's kind of awesome it's like a slow-mo scene where like dude gets like impaled by the stinger and then like (sighs) flies through the air and gets slammed into the sand and gets fucking pancaked into the dirt i know why sean sighed for some reason this is like the only scene in the movie that they felt the need to have three or four fucking slow-mo shots this was the big fight yeah this is this is outside of the kraken this is like the money fight yeah but the fucking kraken lasts like two seconds this is where a lot of the um a lot of work is put into this scene well mads mads gets on top of one of these fucking scorpions and he has one of his guys slow-mo throw his spear towards him it's like spinning in the air like a fucking fidget spinner oh i can tell you now we didn't mention it but uh as as especially according to my t-shirt um, this movie was released during the, uh, big fucking 3D craze in oh, the yeah. 2010s, so this movie was post-converted into 3D afterwards, so I think a lot of shots in this movie exist so they could be presented in a 3D theater. It looks like it. Okay. Like the scorpion jumping through all that shit that's coming up in a moment. Scorpion jumping, the spear being thrown, a lot of the Hades shots where he's coming towards you. Now, granted... Because it was converted, and, like, at the time, I think, Joe, you probably remember this, too, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that came out that was filmed in 3D looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Stuff that was filmed in 2D and converted afterwards has some fucking piss-poor side effects. You can tell that this was shot that way. Like, it's very swoopy. There's a lot of swoopies and going through shit, Um, and... And you're right, Connor. Like when they first started doing the post conversions, they looked like dog shit. Um, I think they they're a lot better at them now. Yeah, but yeah, this scene goes on for a few minutes. Kind of fun. Io uh, gets on top of a, like a cliffside and uh, throws this fucking Mortal Kombat whip uh, like bola thing at a scorpion tail, and it slices it right the fuck off. I don't even remember that. <laughs> The only time she attacks something in the whole film. That's the first moment in the movie where we're like, "Oh, you do things." There was a for the for the how this okay. I will say that it's very cool. Like, it, like whoever put this together is really talented. Like the team who put this together, but it just it just feels big, big CGI threw up all over the place. It's lots of popcorn CGI action, and some people really. I, 
I like it because it's. I find it to be aesthetically pleasing. But I know it for some people, a lot of people would probably just make them go. All right, I gotta wait a few minutes till this just passes over. Yeah, it's cool for a little bit, and then I'm just kind of like, all right. Like, that's enough. Like, because I don't give a shit about any of these characters. You know what I mean? Well, and that's that's my major problem with this movie. And that's part of the problem, too, where it's it's more like you're like, hey, this is a cool spectacle. It doesn't mean anything. I can't even remember any of their names, really. Right. I don't even think you get some of them. No, well, you do, but, like, in passing. But, like, I don't know. It, for how epic this scene is supposed to be, like... It just feels, and how close everything is, it feels like less personal than all of those uh, stop motion fight scenes like with Calibos and fucking... Right, you you needed that vulture scene in the swamp, or you needed them fighting like a lower level fucking monster, for lack of a better term, before they got to this point. Yeah, they're just too goddamn big. But then, uh, yeah, this fight ends when one of the scorpions uh, goes to uh, lunge at Perseus. Perseus seemingly disappears in the event. Only to uh, pop out of this last scorpion's torso with his knife, with his sword going. I would like to know how the fucking biology works on that one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he went because, like, if it. If he was underneath it and it dropped down like that, are you telling me that in the jump he somehow sawed up its belly and crawled inside? Was he Drax? Yeah, like... (laughs) Or did he, like, land on the ground with this thing's weight on top of him and because he had a sword, it, like, shot him upward? Oh, no! He is 100% inside that thing. Did he kill this thing with a special sword, the god sword? Nope, regular one. Okay, see, that's bullshit, because somebody fashions a fucking shield for him out of this fucking uh, scorpion hide? In that defense, because I thought about it too, I'm like, he doesn't break the hide from the outside. He comes from underneath it, so he kind of like just like, it's kind of like pushing the plates away as a po- and I'm assuming their bellies are soft. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving credit where maybe there isn't any. We're, we're trying to figure out the biology of these things. Well, regardless, he doesn't have a nick or a cut or anything on him. He's totally uninjured. There's three scorpions left, and one of them is fucking huge, and they kind of surround them, and then they just stop. And then we cut to uh, these, uh, we cut to some gin. The sand people, or fucking piccolos, Namekian tribe, I'm not really sure. (laughs) (laughs) The magi, for God's sakes. The fucking magicians and sorcerers show up. And then we cut to a different fucking story that's happening somewhere else. Yeah, it's like, it's like we interrupted someone else's quest. Yeah. Uh, okay. Middle Eastern mythology, the jinn. These are, first of all, these aren't even fucking jinn. They don't even, first of all, they don't belong here in this at all. They're not genies at all. No, but jinn really aren't even genies. Uh, jinn are like evil spirits that, that can inhabit or influence our world. They're not necessarily dudes walking around spitting fucking magic shit. Well, right. And it's just like, why the fuck are these guys here in the first place? When the fuck did 300 come out? Is that what we're doing? We're riding off that shit? The Immortals? Okay, uh, yeah, you know what we didn't do is we didn't talk about the influx of Greek mythology-inspired movies that came out after 300. It was 300, Immortals, Hercules, um, this movie... Um, uh, the 300 sequel, which I also like. Like, none of them really set the world on fire except for 300. But 300 is also like, hey, here's some dudes who are gonna fight those dudes for 90 minutes. Happy? Well, it works. It's really simple and easy to digest, yeah. Yeah, it works, and... That's all I can say about that, really. But it's that kind of movie. These guys look like they wandered off of the Greek interpretation of the Persian army from 300, where they're very exaggerated and look monstrous, and, you know, they're they're dressed up as, you know, in very similar garb. They look like fucking Korg. However, uh, if you pulled them out and just said, here, here's this thing, 
It's got bark for skin because they live for so fucking long that it's replaced their body with natural, like, stuff. With, like, magic? I'm like, that's fucking cool. It's kind of cool, but it's stupid. Like, don't call them Jin. Call them something else. Oh, exactly. That being said, uh, from a from a special effects and, like, design perspective, man, they're cool as shit. Um, they're decorated from head to toe and, like, lots of little stuff. Sure. Um, they've got these little head wraps. they got these little staffs that have blue fire in them. Uh, some of their hearts are exposed. Yeah, well, uh... I like, uh, I like really nice little practical designs as opposed to throwing some some more CGI blobs in there so that's kind of I don't know totally agree gets a pass from me no the makeup is great uh, the costumes are great too it's just <sighs> why hey like <laughs> like why <laughs> <laughs> they also lead to some stupid shit, like the next, well, I forgot to mention that Calibos bites Perseus during their fight. Yeah, he bites him straight up. And then, basically, the venom from the bite kicks in as soon as the fight ends, and they make camp. No venom from going inside the scorpion or anything, but from Calibos. No side effects from crowing into the anatomy of a different creature. You were able to fight all those fucking scorpions and not, like, be weak at all, and then all of a sudden you're like, I've been stricken in five seconds. Yeah, falls to the ground, passes out. Um, well, adrenaline does weird things. It could probably carry you through a very intense situation like giant scorpions and then incapacitate you once you're like, you're like, oh, hi, pain. <laughs> uh, we forgot to mention our hunter characters who were the who were the first ones to do any damage to these scorpions and seem very proficient at whatever the fuck they do. The fucking brownies from Willow, man, they can do that shit. And the next, the next time you see them, they have tamed one of the scorpions. They're just like, hey! What have you guys been doing? <laughs> they got a fucking eye roll for me, boy. The djinn calmed them, and then these two basically rigged up, like, uh, like basically, like, uh, riding equipment for these things, so everyone can just hop on. They look like the goddamn elephants from fucking Lord of the Rings, but scorpions. Except no one's sliding down their trunks and taking 13 people out in one shot. Yeah, the only bad CG effect in that movie. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather watch that scene. Yeah. <laughs> A <laughs> hundred fucking million percent there, Joe. So they uh, they make camp to uh, deal with Perseus's sudden uh, sudden bite wound. Um, and at some point, uh, one of the djinn kind of starts sneaks in, and he's like, "Cool, like a cool." What is he? A fucking nematode? Yeah, Piccolo. He's <laughs> close beam. Um, yeah, he starts kind of casting this like weird blue fire over Perseus, and then we we have what is unanimously a completely pointless action sequence because everybody just gets into a brawl because they're like they're like evil spirit is trying to burn him alive or something yeah and they, and he's like what's he saying and he's like oh makalakahai makalakahai and he's like oh I guess he's like he's like oh you know the, he, they've waited for a savior to free them from the gods and I'm like not only is it not the same mythology but it's not even the same set of religious beliefs what the fuck are you talking about these guys don't obey them is this dune yeah, right where are the fucking Sandworms, that's what I want to know. Yeah, but, like, the djinn don't adhere to the laws of the Greek gods. You'd almost be better off not identifying these things and just kind of seeing them as these weird, enigmatic travelers who are like, well, they want to help us, and we're not going to turn them down. Sure. Just be lazy about it. Just be like Star Wars. Just call them sand people and call it a day. If they were just d desert people, that's fine. But, like, you now you've... Lean on ambiguity and uh, say, like, oh, yeah, we don't know what they are, but they want to help, so... Right, but you now you've labeled them and gave them personification. Like, I know what the fuck that is. You know what I'm saying? So, they they make camp. Uh, Perseus gets healed. Mads gives him the fucking lightsaber back, and you get another speech. <laughs> All right, I... I, I I can't become like them, Mads. I gotta stay human. Suddenly, he's like Batman. He's like, I can't kill the Joker. I'll be the Joker. He was a good friend. Here you go. 
finally we get to the fates after this, I believe. Yeah. Now, okay. The witches are always my favorite part. Um, they're my favorite part of the original, and they're my favorite part here, besides like the Medusa sequence. Ah, uh, these witches are cool as shit. They look like the Pale Man. Like yeah. all the designs look like some kind of Guillermo del Toro thing. They look very Pan's Labyrinthy because they've got these weird like creases. It almost looked like someone grabbed skin, pulled it over where their eyes should be, and kind of tacked it there. And then you have these weird kind of wrinkles and creases, like where that skin now resides. It's creepy looking. It's like the pale man mixed with like the mouth of Sa- Sauron. Yeah, with like a little bit of okra from Dark Crystal thrown in there too. Yeah, oh, uh, augur. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also like the way like their the performance is like immediately entertaining because they walk up and first of all like their their abode is this huge black hand shaped mountain it's weather top <laughs> it's really cool and the makeup is really cool on these chicks oh yeah and you get up there and you can't really see them but then you, you hear like ah and like they just immediately start just rattling off well you know you know you know perseus he's got to activate them by throwing a torch in a fucking puddle first <laughs> But they also have, uh, they have their eye, and it is a practical eye. It's a literal eye. Yeah, a literal eyeball that, uh, you know, it's the, 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 the trademark of these these characters in various forms of the story. Yeah. But it's a practical eyeball, and you see it moving around all the fucking time. It's cool as shit looking. It's really cool, but I... <sighs> The, the thing the thing that got me too was like this magical thing is supposed to be able to let them see but it also like can endow you with like special powers and shit I don't know if that's the same thing here I mean they don't do that for this at all but that's how Perseus is able to carry the fucking Medusa head is because he fucking grabs hold of this eye and it like enchants his cloak because she has like poison is blood and that's the only thing that can like hold it and it's her blood that makes the fucking scorpions in the original yeah and in this it's really just they're, they're there to get an exchange of information and first they're very uh they're reluctant obviously they're like information requires sacrifice give us the eye <laughs> take off your clothes we take you to kill medusa <laughs> granny van damme's on the she's on the side percy's is just like gvd granny van damme is like the matriarch of the fucking stygian witches she's on the side and they're like making demands and then you just hear her on the side like boy and but Take off your clothes, yes, yes. You want to know how to kill Medusa? Strip down. Granny Van Dam is like the old lady in the It 2 trailer just walking around <laughs> naked going after Beverly. Well, she's 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 far away from the uh, the confines of society. She can just, like, dance around naked in those fucking big old rocky fingers. Oh, she's nude up there for sure on fucking Death Mountain or wherever they are. Her wheelchair resides on the very tippy top of the middle finger of that fucking uh, mountain. You know, the Stygian witches, they keep telling her to get the fuck out of there. They, she's screwing up their coven for God's sakes. She's like bothering them. We don't know why you're here. Leave. I'm waiting for Sam. He's coming. I feel free here. I'll stay as long as I want. I pay the fucking bill. John said I could be here. (laughs) I've got two eyes. You have one between the three of you. What's the count, bitches? That makes me the better witch of the three of you. Ah. Would that be considered like eyest? exploiting their handicap she's sight she's sightist yeah there you go so sam worthington exploits their handicap and fucking takes the eye and he's like give me (laughs) tell me the information really does he takes gvg's fucking uh wheelchair and then the eye also this is like the best piece of acting he does in the movie because it's 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 not him giving a stupid macho speech or talking about his dad's like he's just being finally just fucking direct and doing something that actually has merit. Oh, don't worry. Those those are coming. I know. That's why I'm prefacing this Ugh. because we get father talk and speechifying in one moment. Mm. But yeah, he dangles the eye over a cliffside and he's like, tell me how to kill the fucking Medusa. I'm going to destroy your eyeball. And they're like, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell us how to kill the Kraken. And they're like, wait, Medusa. I love that they retain the line from the original because it's one of my favorites where she's like, a titan against titan. 
Titan. And I, I, I don't know. I just fucking love that. Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. <laughs> We have to film it for the trailer. Ronnie, you. I, I love that, man. Ah, me, me too. So then Sam Lennon throws his eye back, and, like, this whole thing could have stopped right then and there. But for some reason, yeah. the Stygian witches are like, wait, one more thing. Uh, you, you, uh, you, uh, you, you're going to die. Yes. And Captain Ryan's like, ah, uh, don't, don't listen to them. And they're like, no, yes, you will die. I promise. It seems like a fucking empty threat because you're like, okay, how? And they're like, I'll never tell. <laughs> like, like, is this big fish? Like, it's just like you're gonna die, but it, it's gonna be when you're a hundred. <laughs> Spoilers for that movie. Sorry, they don't say how you're gonna die. It will be from you know this person's hand on this day. So you're not. So they don't give you any signs to look for. They don't give you anything that would fill you with dread. The idea is for them to entice you to stay, and then eventually they overtake you and eat you. But like, this should have been what happened first. You're going to die. Don't take my eye. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Perseus, you're going to die. And then somehow he's, he horn swoggles the fucking eye out. Like, that would have made more sense. But this is just, like, tacked on. And it's like, uh, can we get to the next fucking scene already, please? Um, so they leave, and uh, they uh, we get more of uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, Beggar Zeus. Oh, no, this is the first appearance of it, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, this is the first appearance, I think, where he directly interacts with him. I think you see him, like, lingering in the background earlier. I could be wrong there. But yeah, this is the first time they have an interaction. Um, and Zeus is like, hello. Oh, son, remember that all those baseball games used to take you to when it was little? And he's like, no. He's like, oh, sorry. I came to play skee-ball. I'm a terrible father. But but the key point is that Zeus, after he, he basically tries to get him to become a god and Perseus shoots him down, he's like, all right, here's a fucking gold coin. I'm not going to explain it at all, but here you go. Where you're going is very expensive. I want to say that somebody else gives him the coin in general. Because he has the coin in the original, correct? Yeah, there is a coin. There is a ferryman and there's a coin. But, like, it's way different and just, like, I don't know. There's a lot of weird casualness that is, devo- that is uh, given to stuff that... Should be scary. Should be scary. And people like us who are really into this stuff who are like, hey, cool, Charon, River of Sticks, the bride for the ferryman. Um, like... Why isn't this grander than it is? Well, they really shit the bed on this sequence. That's the thing, though. It's so extravagant, but doesn't land at all. Right, because they find out from the witches that they gotta go to the underworld to get to Medusa. Well, they gotta get to the island of the dead. Yeah, there's a speech in between where Perseus gets a shield that's crafted from the scorpion's hide. The hunters leave because um, they're like, yeah, we can't fight in the underworld. Proving them to be the smartest characters in the movie because they're like, yeah, we know our limits. Fuck you. Yeah, we're gonna go home now because we basically killed the giant scorpion and we can retire happy as hunters. We're not gonna go try to fight a fucking Gorgon. Bye. And all, all the djinn leave except for like the one that helped uh, Perseus. He's like kind of hanging out. Except for fucking Sigh. They get to the river sticks, and uh, I will say, um, they they throw the, uh, the gin throws the coin in the water, and Charon rolls up, and it's cool as shit looking. Ah! <laughs> I hated this. Really? I fucking hated this. Uh, This is the thing in the movie I hated the most, I'm going to say. I don't know why Groot is the captain of this fucking boat. Well, like, well, Sean is the boat, essentially. Like, he's woven into the actual wood. It's kind of cool. I just prefer... I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, Joe, but maybe I'm just old-fashioned. I just like the fucking boat with the the, the creepy-looking ferryman. That's all you need. There's enough weird shit going on. You're already on the river sticks. You don't need this uh, boat amalgamation of a thing that doesn't talk and just points like the ghost of Christmas that hasn't yet to come. I don't know. I just would have preferred like a Mortal Kombat Shang Tsung boat 
and then like just a cloaked figure. Yeah, that's all you need. I don't know. I kind of I kind of like the um the work that went into his design because uh, again, it's practical stuff where I'm like, ooh, it is practical and it is neat, but he's just kind of like brr, brr, brr. He, like he's just like. But yeah, but he shows up and he goes. Ugh. He just takes the coin. He's like, I am Groot. And then they fucking go. Also, I feel like this boat had to be two stories just so they could get this fucking shitty scene in. The, okay, this is the one. This is a, one of the few of the scenes that move over. I'm like, oh, you don't like this movie? Oh, for this reason? Oh, fuck this whole sequence. This is dumb. This is what I was talking about before. So I was Batman. I guess she's a ninja or something because she like lures fucking Percy's below deck. She's Liam Neeson. She she is literally. She's Razagul. You never did learn to mind your surroundings, Percy's. She's like, look, I'm Medusa. I'm gonna trip you see you're dead look oh oh i slapped you from around the corner you medusa you're dead you're never gonna fight medusa the right way if you don't do it this way and like in the other in the original it's just like yeah don't look at her because she'll turn you into fucking stone okay bye well, here's my question why if you're gonna do this lesson why why do you don't have the rest of the guys down there like paying attention to this i don't know because you want to flirt with them at the same time all this sequence is is to is to promote romantic tension between two people who have barely interacted for the past hour because flirting is fun and then like he takes her down and then he's like basically straddling her and then fucking davo seaworthy walks in he's like hey we're gonna fight the medusa oops sorry to walk in on your boys he gets a fucking boner and she's like oh calm uh, calm your storm or whatever Oh, yeah, calm your storm. And he's like, Bleh. he's like, my fucking dick's hot. Let's do this. And yeah, and then fucking Captain Ryan rolls and he's like, uh, Medusa, let's go. We haven't mentioned it, but like all the quips in this movie get passed to that dude. Like yeah. every situation he's like, well, isn't this a fucking storm we're in? <laughs> Basically. I, I mean, you know, it, it's Liam Cunningham with fucking dreadlocks. I mean, of course, that's the guy you're going to give all the bad lines to. And he's fucking awesome uh, in real, like, he's fun to watch regardless, because he's just constantly walking in, smiling, going like, well, this sucks. <laughs> like, snakes. <laughs> Why did it have to be snakes? Bye. So then this fucking dumbass sequence happens, and they get to uh, they get to Medusa's lair. I just want to real quick, Mads Mikkelsen's like, oh, uh, they, my daughter was dragged here. And I'm like... She was dragged to the island? What are you talking about? I guess to the river Styx? Does that imply she was brought there by a demon or she just died? I don't know. They never really... It's so brief and it's just such a throwaway bullshit thing. Honestly, they could have left his entire arc as what he initially says because we didn't say it in the scorpion thing but like when they're riding the scorpions um they're telling they're exchanging jokes and kind of just trying to be casual and he's draco's not smiling and someone they ask he's like he's like i'll smile the day i get to spit in the face of the gods yeah and i'm like i think you already did dude yeah well i mean like you know i guess it's it comes up in a few minutes like literally yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's what he means maybe in a much more grand way or metaphorical way or meaningful way but like if you left that as like I hate the gods so much that I will not be a happy man until I'm, you know, until I, you know, either go out of my last breath as, you know, in sheer defiance of them or get to actually spit on one of their noses. I think that's fine. It's kind of cool. If his character's just there to be a badass, then just let him do a badass thing for the whole movie and then just send him on his way. Exactly. We we also get this, you know, during that lore dump of where she's basically trying to train him, for lack of a better term. Uh, you know, about Medusa, and, you know, if you don't know, if she looks at you, you turn to stone, and, you know, Athena fucking put a curse on her and made her the ugliest woman, or and turned her into a state creature, and, well, woman can't go into her lair, because it was part of the curse that Athena put on her, so I can't go in. Which is funny, because the, they got, um, 
they, they motion captured Medusa for this, and a Russian supermodel uh, is who they got for this. Why? I don't know. Why? Well, it kind of. Why? I don't know. Because why? It kind why? Of, why? It's it's an interesting choice because you do see her emote. She's not just this, this blank fucking slate of just like I'm here to just kind of move around. Yeah, I guess. But it's almost entirely in CG. It's all CG. So they land. They land on her in, uh, basically on the island that her lair is. Uh, and then Perseus gives a bad <sighs> speech. Oh God, Perseus. You were a fisherman four days ago. Yeah, he's like, y'all the best blokes are, uh, you know, a bloke could ask for, and you, you Sheila, you're lovely. Let's kick a god's ass, and don't look this bitch in the eye. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. That's what you got? You're supposed to be Perseus. And then all of them are like, uh, all of them are like, hey, cool, like, we made it this far, might as well go die in this cave. Does nobody know that Medusa's is a fucking bow and arrow? Because it doesn't come, I mean, I know that. Yeah. But the people in this movie, they're just, like, yeah, the, the, the petrification is probably should be your number one priority, but also, she's pretty good with a bow. She's a fucking dead-eye, dude. She has the bow in the original, too. My, I think my biggest problem with this is, like, it's such an iconic scene from the Like, that's the thing everybody remembers, right? From the original is Medusa. Right. And there's a reason for that. Because it's fucking shot really well, and it's creepy. Like, this scene is cool. Like, cool, she's all over the... She's, like, sw- sw- you know, like, uh, squiggling around all over the place and fucking jumping off walls and shit, and that's cool. They take full advantage of the fact that this character is a snake, so with the animation, they have her slinking around pillars and kind of squeezing herself into, you know, hard-to-get crevices. There's thought behind it. It's cool, but, like, there's zero tension, zero creep factor. Like, in, in the original, it's very, it's very shadowy and dark, and it's quiet. There's no music in that scene. And all of a sudden, an arrow comes flying out of nowhere and fucking shoots a guy. And he falls into, like, a fucking pit of boiling acid. Also, this set is very different than the one from the original movie. Because it's basically like, you know, Connor, you're making Dark Souls references. But it's basically like that area in the first Dark Souls where you fight the witch Isolith. It has all these fucking levels of, like, concrete and brick and it's all shifted all over the place. It is 1,000% the fucking demon ruins from Dark Souls. It's basically an active volcano. It's very open and bright inside. Yeah. And I think that's my problem with it. There's nowhere for her to really hide, except not in the frame. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a cool location to use for just, like, I don't know, something else. Sure. And I was going to say before that um one of the things I appreciate about this film is that at almost every turn, I was like, you guys are on a fucking cliffside. You're in the desert... Like, I don't have to worry about looking at a scene or a piece of scenery going, wow, none of that's fucking real. Like, they, they did commit to right. to a very natural aesthetic, and I like it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they when they walk up to, like, the front of this, it's just, like, it's this kind of arched gateway that's pressed into a mountainside. It looks cool as shit. But, yeah, in the interior, it's, like, yeah, it's just lava and bridges. Yeah. Uh, going back to what Joe was saying, though, about Medusa being a dead eye, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I, I'm into that. I guess my big hang-up is that in this movie, because she emotes so much... Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of a fucking mark for this kind of crap, but, like, you got the snake hair. The whole idea of the snake hair is that you could have 360-degree fucking vision. I didn't even think about that. There's no fucking way that Perseus is running away from this pillar without getting a fucking arrow in the back. But that's why I have a problem with this scene, too, because, like, he literally hides the entire time 
in the original and like devises a plan to like lure her into kind of like a trap almost right and in this he's just like ah, i'm over here i'm running from you like no fucking way dude you're dead while all your friends are getting murdered this is more more framed like a boss fight yeah than it is a, a vehicle for tension yes exactly it feels like a video game yeah and in, and characters who like who we don't know, who's, like, two of them, three of them's name I don't know the three of these people's names. I can identify their actors. I couldn't tell you who died. I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> Medusa's supposed to be this hideous creature, she, right? She's, got, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. <laughs> she's fucking beautiful. And it's like... She's stunning. She, she's not supposed to be pretty. Like, she's supposed to be this ugly fucking monster, monstrosity. That's the whole point. From the chin to her forehead, she's a Russian supermodel. Yeah. And, like, even her body is, like, from the waist up, you're like... I don't know. Can't complain. The whole point of that myth is was like, oh, well, uh, Medusa's mom or whatever. I don't know if it was her mother. I don't know if I'm getting this correct. But somebody said she was like the most beautiful what have you. And she was like one of three sisters who all got turned into these fucking. Yeah, the Gorgon sisters. Yeah. Like that was the whole thing. Like they got turned into these fucking monsters because they were so vain and beautiful. Right, right. By Athena for some kind of punishment, I guess. Right. So when you make the snake lady hot, that's not okay. Like, it's just like, it defeats the whole purpose of it, in my opinion. No, I, I, I'm i with you on that. But, you know, she's going around picking them off. You know, she gets mad with the fucking bow and arrow. She knocks that guy into the lava. Then Nick Holt is, like, shitting his pants the entire time. Yeah, he just becomes unglued. Roramir, whoever the fuck this is supposed to be, is like, hey, uh, don't look at the eyes, remember? And he turns around and turns to stone immediately. He keeps telling him, keep your eyes down. Uh, I identify him as a man with the tight lips. Yeah. Because he kind of has this weird kind of beak-like face. But, uh, yeah, he turns around after telling this this Nicholas Holt character, he's like, keep your eyes down, turns around, bam, Medusa uh, gets turned to stone. I do like the laugh. She she's like laughing off screen. Yes, I'm with that. Now imagine that in the dark. Imagine like a dark setting. Terrifying. Yeah. Now it's creepy. Yeah. And then Nicholas Holt kind of becomes unglued, and then takes it, he starts like closing his eyes and just swiping. Um, but then she kind of presses on him and uh, pushes him off one of these bridges and turns him to stone at the same time. So then he hits the floor and just bursts into a million pieces. Explodes. Sam Worthington and the fucking Jin are like running away from Medusa, and Medusa ends up catching the gin in like her tail and like when she does her uh look of stone like to turn you into stone like her gaze her face turns into a monster for whatever reason and her eyes glow but the gin doesn't turn into turn to stone and she's like what the fuck he just fucking laughs at her he's like ha 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 motherfucker <laughs> then he blows up like the fucking predator <laughs> It literally is. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool as shit, but okay. Meanwhile, while Sam Worthington is collecting his bearings, fucking Mads does a running jump with two daggers in his hands and grasps a fucking stalactite and fucking drops it on this bitch. <laughs> drops it on her. It's ridiculous. He rides this fucking stalactite into her ass and she's like, ah. This is after she's got her fucking here got her ass fried by this gin because like he blows up in a huge ball of blue fire and she's like, what the fuck? I thought her tail was completely like exploded off. It's singed. Like it's, it's, she's obviously in pain. And then here comes Mads the dickhead who just drops a stalactite sign on her tail. Fucking cyber smokes and just explodes. And then like, he's fucking, he's got like an arrow in his chest. So he's like not really doing too well. Um, and then we get like the payoff in the line earlier. Medusa's like, you son of a bitch. 
Uh, and then he looks over at uh, Perseus and says, tell them that men did this. And then right before he's turned to stone, he cracks that smile. And then she turns to stone and smashes him to a million pieces. Meanwhile, Io is out there checking her watch like, what the hell's taking so long? God, kill the fucking Gorgon already. Jesus. Sam should be fucking dead because he like runs at Medusa straight on with his eyes closed. And for some, for whatever reason, she's been agile as a fuck lately, like this whole time. Well, he like, he sees that the shield that the hunters have crafted him, the inside of it is reflective for some reason i guess remember the original yeah i guess they tempered the inside with metal and then used the hide as like the front of it they fucking spit shined it yeah <laughs> uh anyway yeah he like sees her and then like tur- closes his eyes turns around and then like jumps 20 feet and then cuts her head off it's not like a quick thing no he does a fucking pirouette and like samurai slices her head off um and it takes a minute for her to realize that her head that she's been decapitated i thought for a second there he was gonna throw the shield like fucking odd job and just take the head off or something right i'd kind of be really into that actually <laughs> no i'm with that i just wish it was done different that's all <laughs> it's just it's just so like f- it's like over the top flashy and bright and just bleh. This is the start of um uh Daredevil Perseus because he does like a fucking full on like <laughs> yeah. flippy do dance move thingamajig. He goes like flippy, 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 and then just cuts her head off. Don't need it. And then we have to have the gratuitous shot of Medusa's body falling into the fucking lava acid. This goes on for an uncomfortable amount of time. Like her body stands up and she's like just clutching the air, and it goes on for like ten seconds and she's like just spasming and then slowly like just clutches the side before falling into a fucking lava pit. We go back outside. You know, Sam Worthington, he's about to give uh, Io a big hug and uh, kiss on the cheek. And then she gets fridged. (laughs) She sure does. What the fuck? Why was this... Like, okay... Granted, we've established this character doesn't really do anything, but is this the the best way to to have her temporarily leave the film? No. Is it just have Calibos teleport behind her... And just stab the fucking shit out of her? And then she just turns into a shower of gold and just flies yeah, into space? But that's but that's after uh, Perseus goes full daredevil on Calibos and starts Pele kicking him and flipping him off rocks. Um, jump, doing complete cannonball flips over him with his lightsaber and slashing him all over the place. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, it's very Duel of the fates He's also doing, like, you know, somersaults in the air and then, like, axe kicking this guy in the fucking head in the process. Yeah, he does a Pele kick at some point. He walks up on Calibos and does a backflip and kicks him in the chin. Like, I, again, I was like, Perseus, you were a fisherman yesterday like i don't know just give me a fucking good broadsword fight what the fuck is this shit yeah if if you have two people just fucking go ham on each other and just beat like one of my favorite lightsaber battles is luke versus vader from return of the jedi yeah because luke just goes like yeah fuck decorum and just starts hammering on vader like he's got nothing to lose and then he fucking 86s his hand and like that something like that would have totally worked for this fight and it just would have been more real i don't know if you had perseus go into like a rage and just like just completely beat the shit out of this guy probably a little better than a bunch of flippy dudes yeah right because he just killed io not that he gives a shit i guess yeah or that we do no <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. And I like this movie. I like this movie. I didn't give a shit. He hits Calibos literally once, and I guess it's a kill shot. And in the process of that, all I guess that's all it really took was to kill the guy. But Calibos just transforms back into his original self. Well, he like he stabs him, and then like the 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 fire and like cinder that Hades puked into him seeps out, and he turns back into a human. But I'm like, but that's not what turned him into Calibos. No, Zeus's lightning did. So if stabbing him with a with a 
with an artifact imbued with Zeus's lightning should just do more damage. It's kind of like the end of Mario Brothers. Like, why the fuck does Lance Hendrickson come back after Koopa gets taken out? Like, he was de-evolutionized. It doesn't make any sense, just like this part. I mean, I'll give this a little bit more credit because magic or whatever and god powers. Sure. But, like... It's dumb. I don't need it. <laughs> Just stab him and kick him off the fucking cliff. Like, fuck you, Calabos. Cut his fucking head off. That's what I want to see. He's not... He's not redeemable in this movie he's a piece of shit who's just there to be mean so just fucking get rid of him cut his head off kick him off the cliff he's not even a good bad guy he's like a minor no he's like a minor bad guy in this yeah he's a fucking he's a sub boss yeah right yeah he's a mini encounter um then he runs back to io and she's like you're the hero and then she dies she turns into spice and disappears <laughs> yeah she turns into fucking clothes she kind of gets thanos a little bit but a little more stylistic she goes jedi or 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 uh mystic however you want to do that and then she goes to the stars, Bowen. Look to the stars. <laughs> he, looked, he looks to the stars and fucking Pegasus comes flying in. He sure does. Yeah, Pegasus is like, hey, remember remember me? Remember me from earlier in the film? Percy should have been like, where have you been? How did you get here? Why are you here? I'm surprised that this fucking horse didn't talk. Like, hey, I found you, Sam. Climb on my back. We're gonna go fly for the Kraken. Hello, Perseus. Burgess Meredith doing the voice. <laughs> it's the same actress as Grady Van Damme. Take off your tunic. Take off your tunic. <laughs> So he slips so he slips Medusa's head just into like a leather satchel and then fucking climbs aboard Black Beauty and they fucking take off. So then you get the shot from the fucking trailer where Hades finally walks up to the Zeus and uh he's like he's like, Is it time to kill Harry Potter? <laughs> and then uh he's t- Zeus tells the other gods to leave us and then he turns towards the camera and goes, The trailer shot, right? This is the trailer shot? Okay, yeah, good. <clears throat> Release the Kraken! This Kraken, they couldn't make up their fucking minds what, like, version of the Kraken they wanted to go with. It's got legs, it's got tentacles, it's got biceps, it's got fangs, and it's got a shell. (sighs) (laughs) It's like a giant turtle. Okay, it it looks more like, um, it's like, it kind of reminds me of, uh, the crab thingy-majigs from Dark Crystal. A Gartham? Yes, it reminds me of the Incredible Hulk. Mm. Um... It's got tentacles that you don't really ever see where they are attached because the tentacles Mm-mm. come out long before the creature does. I will say, though, they demonstrate this thing's size very adequately. This thing is stupidly big. It, yeah, it's like, but it's like almost ridiculously large. It's no, it, like I said, it's overindulgent because I'm like, that's more than enough to destroy this city, the next city. Like, yeah, well, I think that's the idea. There's nothing that could stop this thing. As far as Hades concerned, that's what he wants to happen. Yeah, he wants this thing to go fucking run roughshod in the, you know, the, 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 the countries of mortal men. As this happens, though, we, we have the culmination of this side plot. With this beggar. Yeah, Andromeda and the anti-vaxxer. Yeah, throughout the film, it kind of cuts back and forth to this guy occasionally, and he's kind of rallying people up in the name of Hades. Even at one point, he sticks his fucking arm in a fire as, like, a tribute to Hades. (laughs) To show him that he's serious. Like, look, we gotta give ourselves to the gods. He's like, look, uh, fire gives your children autism. Ah! So this guy, he takes his fucking troops, let's call them, and charges the castle to take Andromeda and sacrifice her to the Kraken. Which is weird, because, like, Andromeda has been, this whole movie, like, no, if, like, if it's my life versus the lives of tens of thousands of people, then it's my life 100%. Yeah. And everyone else around her is like, no, don't do that. We are fucking M.I.A. with Andromeda. Well, it's because they, they swapped her and Io's roles. Like, they, they shifted Io to be this romantic interest, even though, you know, Perseus and Andromeda are the ones who had a connection or a relationship. Yeah, but, like, 
she almost has less to do than she than the other one does. Like, there's no integral part of them to the story. Yeah, they split a character in two, but then didn't give either half any priority. So there's just two characters who exist who have so little to do. They're just they're kind of just like they're parts of an engine. They're not really characters. Yeah, they're damsel in distress, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But like, not even, not even in an interesting way at all. And Io is not even a damsel in distress. Like she, she's very capable, it seems, but we don't really know how or why. But she is. But then she just gets unceremoniously murdered by a villain we don't know either, and then just disappears. And then we get like. Oh, oh, we killed the woman? Oh, we have another one. Yep, it's cool. Remember Andromeda from the beginning of the movie? Here she is again. <sighs> right. And she gets King Kong fucking tied up, you know, so that the Kraken can grab her. Oh, she does. <laughs> She's fucking Fay raying all over the place. This whole scene, uh, on paper, I kind of like how this is set up, where, like, Persis is flying it on Pegasus, and because this Kraken is so fucking big, the Furies show up. You know, Hades shows up with his Furies, and they take the, the satchel from him with Medusa's head. So then he basically has Well, to- no, hold on. Because first, you know... As this is going on, the Kraken just, even though they have Andromeda there as a sacrifice, the Kraken just starts fucking destroying the town. Well, his tentacles come out, yeah. Yeah, and it cuts back to Zeus and Hades, and it, it looks like a fucking library with books falling off it, but... All the glass is, like, shattering in Olympia, and Zeus is like, what have you done? Oh, yeah, all the fucking little clay statues are falling out of their cubbies. Yeah, oh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's one of the cool things in Olympus, Olympus I thought that should have gotten more attention was that, like, he has a clay figure for every person on Earth, it seems. So as this is happening, you have all these figures who are all falling and disappearing in front of Zeus, so he, like, suddenly the gravity of what he's allowed to happen is hitting him. He's like, oh, shit, I just, like, stood here and let you murder, like, thousands of people. And now he's becoming weaker because there's people that can't pray to him now? Is that what's happening? Yeah! It's fucking stupid. Yes! He's losing his civilization game. He's not feeding the masses. He's at war with a fucking other country. It's probably Gandhi, and he's got nukes. <laughs> In this case, it's Hades and Gandhi's role. And Hades, who's now, like, seemingly at full strength because people are scared, which is lame. Sure. So it's Santa Claus and Krampus? Yeah, yeah probably. You know, this fucking Kraken comes out, and I'm thinking, like, okay, Hades is going to fight Zeus, right? That's their battle to deal with. And Percy's going to take care of the Kraken. This fucking thing is so large, and he's, like, flying through its tentacles and shit, which Connor said before, like, it's it's pretty cool to just sh- see the sheer size of this thing. That's kind of neat. But it's just, again, it's just uh, superfluous in the, in the fucking lo- endgame. But, like, as he's going to fight this fucking Kraken... Fucking Hades shows up and turns into the Furies. And it's like, I don't need two fucking bad guys. Like, you know what I mean? It's just too much. You put a boss fight in your boss fight. Like, how much you got to stack the deck against this guy? Exactly. And it's like, it's just... In the time that he fucking deals with Hades, the Kraken has already eaten Andromeda and killed the whole fucking city. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, just to go back a minute, you know, know, Connor, you're saying earlier in this episode, like... You know, oh, this is a lousy location for a town because, you know, you know, Poseidon gets pissed, they could just take him out. There's there's your actual end result to this fucking situation is he doesn't trust Hades because Hades is unreliable. He just goes to Poseidon and say, hey, if they don't do this in 10 days, just flood the fucking town. Just flood the fucking city. That too, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess you got no movie then, but yeah. it's a more logical approach. Apparently, Poseidon is the keeper of the Kraken, not 
Hades. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to make a reference to before I forgot about it until now. Like, Hades calling the Kraken is like me calling my neighbor's dachshund to deal with a break-in at my house. <laughs> like, has nothing to do with him. What do you mean Hades is calling the Kraken? What, like, is, like, is Poseidon sitting there with his arms out? Like, what the fuck? What do you mean you're going to call the Kraken? He's mine. Poseidon's got his feet up and he's eating a hamburger. He's on vacation. <laughs> Have you been to Burger King, Zeus? I know it hasn't been invented yet, but it's fantastic. They've got tacos now, Zeus. They've got tacos. Let's do it. But yeah, so Hades slash Kraken are destroying Argos. There's barely a city after this fucking attack. Yeah, at some point, Perseus thinks it's a good idea to slow down and just start walking Pegasus through the town, because this isn't an emergency of any kind. (laughs) Oh, he rides him like the Lone Ranger through that fucking thing. Well, yeah, because one of the Furies nabs the satchel with uh, Medusa's head, so he has to chase this, you know, one individual demon around the city which leads him you know through the air and back onto the ground and then at some point like one of the uh one of the uh like the locals like hands him like a little blade so he can like cut uh the uh, the 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 rope on like uh like a curtain or like a like a like a an awning yeah the uh, fucking fury flies right into it what is this aladdin or, or rush hour or any other film Perseus rides by kills this thing and the fucking peasants start beating it with sticks yeah <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> And then he tracks this fucking Night Fury up by the Kraken, and it's got Medusa's head in its in its hands in the in the satchel. And he jumps off of Pegasus in midair, like five hundred feet, and then lands on this fucking demon, and then crashes into a fucking stone house, and then just gets up and runs out. Well, and, and he swallows it, and he wins the Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> The levels of ridiculous in that jump are far more, uh, like, like he he jumps off Pegasus, grabs this thing, they fall through a glass ceiling, yeah. and then land in that pit of fire that the anti-vaxxer burned himself on, but Perseus seemingly used the fury as his cushion and or fire, you know, protection. You're fucking right, dude. Hey, man, he's a demigod. That too. Uh, and then jumps up, grabs Medusa's head, runs up the suspension that is holding Andromeda, and gets the Medusa's head out in the... If he was a millisecond later, this would have been a disaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still don't think he actually made it. Yeah. Yeah, like, he... Here's the thing. He hits... He gets the Medusa stare on the Kraken, and it's like the Kraken stops and goes, The fuck? Um, <laughs> and then starts to... S- oh, wait, what's happening? I'm suddenly stiff in the back. Somebody flashed a fucking Polaroid in his face, and he was like, oh, oh, oh. He's basically like the goddamn trolls that were trying to eat Bilbo. They're, like, slowly transforming into stone. Well, it's reaching towards the surface, and then the fucking king randomly shows up, and the beggar just, because why not, stabs him through the chest. That that pissed me off, because it's just like, oh, here's the king again. Fuck him. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It didn't need to happen. Um... And then um, the Kraken's hand was suspended over them, which then turns to stone, which then cracks apart, falls on both of them, and kills them. Um, and then I'm thinking, like, so wait, if the Kraken's body is falling apart from its size and because it's turned to stone, um, it was basically lurching over the city. That city's fucking gone. Oh, yeah, a lot of it is. And even if falling into the water and then cre- and then creating a wave that'll fucking crash up yeah. on it. Speaking yeah. of which, um, so... Uh, he hits the Kraken with the Medusa stare, turns to stone. As it's breaking apart, it hits a suspension that Andromeda is on, and she plummets into the water with a bunch of stone debris, 
and there's a few minutes before we can confirm her survival, but I got <sighs> bad news for everybody. I don't care what movie this is, what universe, that woman is dead. Yes. <laughs> oh, she is fucking D-E-D dead. She is so dead. She dropped like fucking 400 feet into the water with a ton of rocks and shit chained up and then a fucking giant stone creature breaking apart on top like there's no fucking way is she a demigod too and no one told us no she has the power of uh of of cosmic luck um because like perseus doesn't even jump in there save her right away because hades shows up and he's like i'm going to kill you harry potter yeah and then sam well actually before hades shows up sam you know the second that he uses the, the Gorgon head on the fucking crack and he just says fuck it and throws it in the ocean. Doesn't even try to use it on Hades. <laughs> no. Well, no, no, no. He drops it. He he loses grip of it because the... Uh... No, he throws it. He fucking throws it into the ocean intentionally. No, he drops it. No, he 86 is that head, dude. I thought... No, he looks like he drops it because the whole no. collapsing thing. Because I know he, dro- he, he drops it in the original one. No, no. He does it. He does the same thing in the original. He just fucking tosses that shit in the, in the water. It looked very much like he lost grip of it in this movie and just kind of tossed... And, and and lost it as the whole collapse was happening. I could be mixing up the two. Yeah, it's possible. I could be wrong, too. But fucking Hades shows up. Well, he, you know, the, he doesn't, you know, here's the thing. This is why he does throw it in, because the the thing doesn't collapse until after he does what he does now. He's still on top of that when he when he when this scene happened. Well, that hasn't collapsed yet, but the, the Kraken has. Like, the Kraken's falling apart. Yeah, right. which, you know, happens in the original, too. It, like, falls apart as soon as it's turned to stone. But, like... Hades shows up for literally five seconds, and he's like, Potter! And before he can get fucking Avada Kedavra out of his fucking mouth, Sam Worthington shoots his fucking arm up in the sky and goes, I have the power! And just shoots a fucking lightning bolt at him and shoots him back into the ass crack of the world underneath the ocean? Well, he throws it at him. He fucking goes right back into hell. Fucking lands in the Mariana's Trench or like the fucking into a fault line or some shit. Like he gets knocked into an underwater canyon. He fucking pops out the other side with those aliens. Idris Elba fucking shoots a missile and blows yeah, it up. <laughs> Some kaiju come out. Yeah, yeah. He gets fucking sent to the alien world through the, the fucking... Kraken, the Kraken the Kraken was a kaiju. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Class five. Yeah. John Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I helped those aliens bring him on through. Hey, why, I... why was the Kraken suddenly so big? Well, I gave it lots of anabolic steroids. <laughs> Zeus invited me to a dinner party, and I thought, hell... I'll bring him with me. His mistake. So, yeah, the, uh, he fucking just, like, beats Hades in a matter of seconds. Um, and then he's like, oh, yeah, Andromeda. And then just dives in after her. <laughs> and she's, like, almost at the bottom of the fucking ocean at this point. She's fine, though. She's suspended between lots of debris that should have killed her. He grabs the body and he points to the side and says, that's where my parents are. He's got a Rolex and some nice slippers. You want me to go get them for you? It's not very far away, to be, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. He has this fucking Peter Quill moment, and he's like, oh, the Rolex. Gotta make sure to grab Dad's Rolex, and then he reaches down and grabs her, but it's just, like, the fucking uh, uh, restraint around her wrist. And she's like, ah, he's like, ah, shit. And then he wakes up, and then fucking he swims her to the surface, and then cut to the beach, and we're just laying on the beach. She's like, aren't you, you know, stressed out about what just happened? He's like, you wouldn't believe the week I had, and he's just laying there. (laughs) Yeah, and fucking Pegasus trots up. He's like, hey, guys, wake up. Well, and then you have this part that really just kills me. And, you know, I've mentioned this on different episodes on this show, because Andromeda, for the most part, has been all about, like, helping the people, this, that, and the other thing. Like, pretty, you know, independent woman. Yeah. And then now it just evolves into, hey, you want to get hitched? No, it doesn't even do that, man. She's like, the boats are coming for us. You can stick around. He's like, 
nah, just fucking hoof, like, you know, gallops off. Well, the boat, just just to save him, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, oh, well, you know, uh, fucking place needs a ruler, even though the king just died five seconds ago. And he's like, I'm good. You, you, you're going to be a great queen. Bye. What with all your head trauma and almost drowning? I just assumed the implication there was that if he's going to be king... They're going to get a car down to Bone Town? I think that's what she was basically saying. Like, hey, the door's open. It didn't come off that way to me. You want to fuck around or whatever? You want to fuck around? I'll take the shape of a bull, a donkey, an eagle. <laughs> I am Zeus's son. Whatever you want. But regardless, he does fuck off. He he goes on Pegasus and just rides off into the sunset. We didn't mention earlier, but way earlier in the movie when Io is doing that description of what the fuck happened, like there's that one shot of Zeus and he just he's naked and he just grows wings and flies off. God, it's fucking funny looking. <laughs> fucking butt hang with his butt hanging out and he just flies into the ceiling. <laughs> with his butt hanging out, <laughs> he just flies away. But uh, yeah, then. And, like, Percy's is like, nope, I'm going to leave now. And then he presumably just gallops back to where that Zeus statue was. He's taken off all of his fucking armor. For some reason. And he's looking down. He's like, yep, that's where Pops died, like, five days ago. <laughs> back to being a fisherman. Also, my mom and my sister, whose corpses are probably still very fresh, but, but very waterlogged, like, 200 yards away. Oh, they're there. They're right there. He can, like, see them. The water's so clear. Uh, and then Zeus is like, hey, son, good job. I gave you stuff. Because I didn't want to lose his son. Remember that shit you had? Uh, the sword? Uh, you, you know, the, 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 the Pegasus? I did that for you. Percy's like, yeah, I know. Where else, the, where else would they come from? And then he does what any other father would do that has magic powers. He says, you know what? I, I'll leave. So, you know, you can't rule the world alone, Perseus. Let me help you out. So naturally, he brings back his father and his, <laughs> his sister and his mother and L Liam Cunningham and Mads and, you know, Beast. He brings them all back. No, he just brings back fucking Io. No, here's this woman you've known for 30 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Or his poor mother who was raped and murdered. Yeah, Jesus. Here's your girlfriend. Your dad's right down there. <laughs> It really wouldn't be that much work, what, what honestly. A piece of shit thing to do. <laughs> it's kind of in Poseidon's territory now. You're gonna have to talk to him. I'm telling you, Zeus is only thinking about fucking all the time. My family's dead. He's like, don't worry, he's your girlfriend. Like, does Perseus just like kind of look around and see, like, you know, because the only thing left from the statue is the feet of Zeus, and he's like. Hey, uh, Io, great spot to build a house, huh? Yeah, if you see an eagle leave your bedroom, don't worry about it. Dad! Dad! <laughs> the other thing, too, is, like, the way they just shot is so fucking awkward because, like, the whole, like, the like the light effect that Io turned into reverses and she's there. And, like, I could, you could, if you told me she was green screened in later, I'd believe you because she just stands there very, very rigid and just, like, cracks a half smile and then it pans out like Luke and Ray, and that's it. Like, you don't see them hug or interact or anything. Doesn't say a damn thing. And then uh, Sam got on the Hogwarts Express and turned to Hagrid and said, I'm not going home. Not really. <laughs> and then Pegasus flies into the camera and then credits. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, it, it really wraps itself up really quick, which honestly, thanks. <sighs> yeah. So this is a so this is a this is a tentpole release for a Warner Brothers movie. This is we made with legendary pictures, so it's like it was I think it came out in like an April or March, so it's like one of those like it's those movies that like this is a summer movie that is in the, you know, financial summer season. So it's to, like now like 
the summer movie season starts in fucking April, March now anyway, but it was kind of like one of those soft lead-ins, but, um, so this movie had a budget of 100 and, I'm sorry, budget of $9 million, it made... It was 9? I thought it was 125. I'm sorry, I am looking at the 1981 version real quick, <laughs> <Hang> on. <laughs> $9 million. they really knew how to use that money. Yeah, holy shit. Um, so it had a budget of 125 million. It made 493 million, which would be considered a hit. However, this movie got fucking raked over the coals by pretty much everyone critically. It's opening weekend in the UK it did 7 mil. <sighs> Fuck. And then its gross was 163 million. That's only 38 million over what it cost to make the fucking thing. Word of mouth for it was really bad. Um it had good promotional materials is my opinion anyway and like it probably built up a decent amount of hype for it but like much like Avatar, this movie has no fucking cultural footprint whatsoever. No. 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 It left no impact. Um, it came out and people were like, again, coming from the guy with the shirt, people were pretty much like, I don't know, why'd you do this? At least Avatar gave you a new species of blue people that people wanted to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar gave people a new fetish. Like, <laughs> it gave us something. It had a footprint, at least. This, not so much. No, this has no footprint. This is released in the same year as Prince of Persia, and Gemma's in that as well. Like, she, what, is she filming back-to-back? Oh, man. That, I mean, that movie's... It's kind of the same territory as, like, this isn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but why did you do this? Um, and that movie's also got a stupidly large, talented cast. Um, but, yeah, like, this... No one talks about this movie, and the sequel's even worse. Ugh. Oh, God. Um... And the sequel deals with the, uh, like, the actual Titans Titans. Like, Kronos comes back, like, Kronos is in it, and there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, this movie has no, uh, this movie has no impact, and this movie has, uh, the same amount of impact as, like, the Robocop remake did, or any of those other remakes that came out in, like, the, the 2010s, where people were like... Oh, Jesus. You're giving away our whole schedule here, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot about that piece of shit. But, like, uh, it's, it's... Well, that movie does something this movie does, too, where it's, like, it turns the audience and goes... Hey, remember that thing? Yeah, we're not going to fucking do it, though. Yeah, eat shit. Remakes don't erase the original, as I'm sure we all agree. It never does. And no. People who get upset that a remake is coming out. People shouldn't be get upset that a remake exists. You should get upset after you see it and process it and go, like, and really assess if it was necessary or not. You mean, like, the Child's Play remake? Yeah. Didn't fucking need that at all. Yes. There you go. Perfect. I thought that movie was good. <sighs> I don't know, man. We are disconnecting hard on that. <laughs> I liked it. I haven't seen it yet, but, like, again, I keep reiterating this. It is kind of a joke, but I do mean this a lot. Like, from the guy with the shirt, because I do enjoy this movie for a lot of reasons I'll go into in a few minutes, but, like, this movie didn't need to happen. There's no reason for it. A remake is fine. We got the fly, we got the blob, shit like that. That's cool. But, like, if you're not bringing anything to the table that's substantial or that you're going to remember, who could fucking care? You know what I mean? Yeah, this this is a meme for Liam Neeson to say release the Kraken. That's basically what it became. <laughs> That's it. I, I want to say release the, the Kraken. Can I, can I say that? Okay. All right. So, again, we're doing our blockbuster bombs for the, for the rest of this summer here. So, we're not doing a dumpster rating. It's either would you buy a ticket to this film, would you torrent this film, or would you wait till it comes on VOD and then pay for it then? Needless to say, um, yeah, I'm going to buy a ticket for this movie, and here's why. Um... Joe, a while back, you said that Freddy vs. Jason and Bride of Chucky were Connor movies. And real quick, can you, in short amount of words, describe what that means to you, real quick? Um, that means... I, I, <laughs> um, it, it's, it feels very, very contemporary. Semi-flashy, CGI-filled, sleek, kind of got some butt rock in there. Yeah. 
I there's a thing I I do with movies a lot, and like there's a lot of bad movies I'm willing to forgive because if I find something I can latch onto uh, in something like this, like the score or the sets or the costume, or a, if I find enough aesthetic pieces about a film that amuse me enough, I'm gonna I'm willing to forgive a lot of shit, and. Uh, I do that with this a lot. Like I said, I really love the score. I like some. I love the costume designs. I like the sets. Um, I like big, stupid fucking action sequences. I'm not a big Transformers fan because that stuff gets to the point where you're just like, it's like they're fucking four hours and you're just numb to it by the end of it. Um, but um, I find this to be very aesthetically pleasing. Um, and so yeah, uh, I bought a ticket for this. I bought several tickets for this. <laughs> <laughs> And you worked at the movie theater, Jesus. Yeah, I worked at a movie theater, and I still paid to see it. Um, I saw it in 3D, I saw it in 2D. I love this movie. Even describing the way I like this movie, there's still a lot of intangibles about it that I like a lot, where it's lots of stuff that are hard for me to describe, but it hits my system, and I, it just, I don't know, it makes me happy. I like this movie. And also, at times, it's just ridiculous and hilarious and silly, and I love it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I bought a ticket for this. Um, I have a shirt. <laughs> I I'm buying a ticket to this because I, because I did buy a ticket in real life. Um, <laughs> you had to know, right? Well, I was really excited because I was like, oh, my God, because I love Clash of the Titans so much. Right. And I was like, how could this suck? This can't suck. Look at all this crazy shit happening in the trailer. This is going to be great. We're gonna, it's going to be a great time. And um, I didn't like it then. It, what really got me when I first saw this was like. The pacing is weird. The story's all over the fucking place in terms of, like, just cutting shit out and just getting to the next fucking thing over, you know, over and over again. Uh, rather than, like, laying any type of, of uh, groundwork or, or character development or anything. It's just, like, they kind of expect you to have seen the original and they're kind of just expecting you to just swallow all the bullshit that they're just going to fucking stuff down your throat. That's a good point. You know? And then that fucking Bubo thing really fucking pissed me off. And and, and it kind of lost me a lot because I was like, you know what? Fuck you. And Connor put it perfectly in this episode. He's like, he said they were kind of just like, yeah, fuck you, movie. And he's just like, yeah, fuck you too, you know? Yeah, it's a real quick, like, it's like someone cut you off in traffic. Like, yeah. we shit and die. It, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and be like, this movie, uh... The original top set, they shouldn't have never made it. Like, fine, you want to fucking remake it, fine. But at least, for God's sake, make it entertaining and, 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 and instead of just churning it out. Like, they spent so much fucking money on this movie banking on the fact that people were going to go see it based off the name. And the stupid, crazy CGI bullshit, plus the advent of the, the, you know, the 3D came back in a big way in the 2000s. But, like, I just think that... It's just a lukewarm who could give a fuck. I'm, I'm not going to watch it again. I, I bought the ticket. I'm kind of pissed off that I bought the fucking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> He's still pissed off nine years later. I'm still pissed off. So, you know, after the movie, I'm going to go get some fucking ice cream at Friendly's or something. Kind of fucking smooth it over a little bit. And then go watch, uh, you know, my Burgess Meredith and Harry Hamlin and, and all my fucking Ray Harryhausen stop motion creatures. I'll take all of that, and I'll just go watch it 9,000 more times, and this I'll never watch again. I would buy a ticket for this movie. Yes! I did not buy a ticket for this movie. <laughs> I When the trailers came out, I thought this movie looked like utter dog shit. <laughs> and I'll explain why I think this is a ticket movie, at least in my case. There's, there's some semantics to this. Ideally, I'd like to get in for free. 
you know, maybe I know someone there is going to let me in so I don't have to pay money <clears> to see this movie. Uh, I have no idea who you'd be talking about. Where the fuck were you on that one? So, pro- working there, actually, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> if I did have to buy the ticket, it would definitely be one of those movies where I went there, stoned out of my mind, fucking bought a huge bucket of popcorn and just tried to relax and watch the film and try not to get too angry because, you know, there is stuff in this movie, like Joe's pointing out, like the stuff with the fucking owl just thrown in there. They're like, ah, it's, it's a throwback to the old one, but it's just kind of annoying. And like weird shit, like, you know, the river stick stuff. Like I get that, like you guys kind of like that, but like, I wasn't into it, but it's like, it, you know, it's a minor scene in, in the scheme of things. Um, you know, I, I, I see a lot of bad movies in the theater just as, you know, just because. Why why the fuck not? I saw Ouija in the movie theaters, for God's sake, so why Whoa. the hell not? Whoa. I see this. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> yes. So that's it. That's Clash of the Titans from 2010, directed by Louis Leterrier. Hey, everybody. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean. And make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joe Lascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. Don't mads my Mickelson McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. What is this? Just leave it.